This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. ¿Qué tal amigos? Les habla el cero miedo de la lucha libre, Pentagon Junior, para mandar un saludo a todos mis amigos de este podcast y ya saben, puro cero miedo. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. But if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 207. My name is Nick Howell. And spinning in circles, trying not to turn my back on anyone I fear or don't respect, I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And welcome to the show, Nick. How are you feeling today, sir? Are you ready to do this? This is going to be a long show. <laughs> There's a lot that went down this week. There's a lot that went down this week. There we had AEW was exciting. NXT had two two cage matches. Uh, SmackDown was well. It went home to Elimination Chamber. But we also got to make our Elimination Chamber picks because that's tomorrow. Good, it's already Elimination Chamber. Good lord, the, the uh, forgotten show. Oh my! <laughs> Thanks, I, Super Showdown. Looking at how the lineup looks for that show, it may be forgotten the day after, but we still got to talk about it, Nick. Yeah. Uh, I am feeling grossly incandescent today and ready to do this show. Let's do the uh, let's do a little housekeeping. Let's let everyone know how they can interact with the show, and then let's get into talking about all these graps. Yes, guys, as always, come over and join us on Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open, like our page, and send us a join request to get into the group. It is the hub of our operation where everything goes down. Uh, you'll find the phenomenal ones, our lovely patrons, as well as all of our other fans and listeners hanging out in there, posting fun memes, good news stories, all kinds of stuff, except for ringside news. That's that's banned. We no. don't do that. Bad, bad, no. bad, bad. You know who you are. Uh, you can also <laughs> find us on – you'll find a link in there <laughs> to mean. Discord, our Discord server. Uh, where, which is where all the live chats happen all throughout the week for every show from Raw and SmackDown and NXT over to AEW, Ring of Honor Impact, and dedicated chat channels for all of the pay-per-views, such as Elimination Chamber, happening tomorrow night. So make sure you are in our Discord. And if you're a patron, make sure you go back to Patreon and authenticate with your Discord login because you get some special perks in our Discord if you do that. You can also find us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. We stream live every episode right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash busted wide open uh, every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern where we also do our patron mailbag series, which is specifically for our patron questions that come in. 
Uh, everybody can listen, but you have to be a patron to be able to send us in questions every single week. To do that, patreon.com slash BWO. So uh, that is the place where we, we like to keep this show ad-free as much as possible, uh, and that's the best way to support the show. So people ask all the time, should we buy merch? Should we send you money? Should we do that? Patreon.com slash BWO is the place where we can provide you some exclusive perks and uh, you can contribute to the show and keep things keep the ball rolling here on uh, on this machine. Thank you to all of our patrons. Welcome to all of the new ones that have joined up in the last month or two. You guys are awesome. Enjoy the new bonus episode yes. and the new guys. Enjoy that entire back catalog of more than a dozen or so bonus episodes that you've got and now got at your disposal. Will we be getting your booking anytime soon, Nick? Yes, we will. Okay. Excellent. Patience. I just want to get it over with at this point. I I know you do, like, and part of this like is me just kind of Damocles dragging over you me. out. <laughs> uh. I know everybody's waiting for it. Some things actually came to be that I had written last fall, and I had to go back and sort of start over with at least the two of the main picture uh, uh, storylines in there. So new stuff coming. It's all fresh. We got it. I'm I'm shooting for next week. No promises, but I'm I'm really we're we're really close. Uh, Ian, I, I don't really want to waste any more news, any more time. We've got to head over and talk about the big news. Well, we have our newest inductee into the Hall of Fame. Uh, it had been rumored this was the case. There was a few rumors about who was going into the Hall of Fame, but this was finally confirmed. JBL, John Bradshaw Layfield, Justin Hawk Bradshaw, however you like to call him, he will be going into the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, I'd like to say that this was universally praised, but it was not. Obviously, JBL is somewhat of a controversial figure, uh, as he is, on the one hand, a guy who has pretty much done it all in WWE, from starting off uh, as in the new Blackjacks and having a uh, well, he I guess he started off as, as as Justin Hawk Bradshaw was on his own. Yeah. Uh, but then he then he joined up with the the new Blackjacks uh, with uh, Barry Barry Windham, and uh, went on and did, did pretty much everything. You you know you had him end up being one of the acolytes, APA, and then doing uh, the still one the of my Layfield. favorite entrance songs ever or themes I should say the APA. Yeah. Yeah. I just love the whole thing. Uh, but then ended up, uh, yeah, always pounding ass, uh, the, the APA. That's not uh, what it meant. That's what the shirt said, though, Nick. Okay. But uh, obviously, ultimately, then culminating in a, a, a high-level uh, successful career in the 2000s, in the ruthless aggression era when there was just, you know, nobody else and uh, did kind of a, a Texas businessman knockoff, which is not far from the truth. The guy is a multi-multi-millionaire on his own just from his business investments in real life. Uh, the downside of JBL, Nick, is he is a notorious bully. Uh, you can you can ask Mauro Ronaldo, you can ask Justin Roberts, Roberts, you can ask pretty much almost anybody. There's a lot of people that really just don't like JBL, and for good reason. Uh, he's notorious river backstage and uh, lots of stories about his antics. Uh, what do you think about JBL going to the Hall of Fame? Appropriate or, hey, you know, be a star, way to... Way to Celebrate a bully. Yeah, I think we're past that with the WWE Hall of Fame, though. Uh, if we look at the people <laughs> that are in there, if we look at, I mean, look at, I look at this as how impactful and what a big role that they had to play in the evolution of world wrestling entertainment. 
And if you look at Veruk and Bradshaw, APA, and if you look at the JBL tycoon character in Ruthless Aggression Era, the, the guy that sort of made John Cena, if you look at it that way, that's that's the way I look at it. It's the one that he that John Cena went over that put him where he's at. And really just that's where his career kind of launched. So I, yeah, I understand all of the backstage stuff, but I don't think people are make-or-break Hall of Famers on backstage stuff. I think it's what they do in front of the camera, how they act in public, things like that. Is there an S element of the locker room and stuff that goes on backstage? Sure. It happens in every sport, fortunately or unfortunately, however, whatever your perspective is on. As a former athlete, uh, you know, I enjoyed a good ribbing, you know? So, so what, it, you're saying, what you're saying is, is that he should be in there. He just probably won't be inducted by the Blue Meanie is kind of what you're saying. <laughs> That's that's probably a fair assessment. Yes. Okay. Just just gotcha. Gotcha. Right. No. I, and here's the thing. I tend to agree. I think that his work in wrestling is superlative. And if you're going to put a scumbag like the Ultimate Warrior in there, I think that JBL is is totally valid yeah. to go in because the dude definitely had a career. Was a huge part of a lot of history on WWE. So yeah. All right. JBL's Rick, in the Hall Rick of Fame. Flair's a two timer. One of the most just well, he should be notorious playboys of all time. Well, I'm not going to disqualify him because he he's, he likes to go have drinks at bars, but uh, but right. yeah, I know I see I know what you're saying. False equivalence, yeah. yeah but it's it's a anyway, bit of hypocrisy JB to say that because of his backstage antics he can't get in, but the line right. of other people that yeah, have already only, been put in, only the pure of heart can get into the WWE right, Hall of Fame. Let's go ahead and shut down the <laughs> Hall of Fame, guys. We're done. Uh, we don't We're need it anymore. We, we can't do it anymore. <laughs> Uh, another news, uh, Scott Steiner, this is actually fresh off the press. Last night, Scott Steiner collapsed at uh, some inst impact tapings backstage, uh, what's now being called a cardiac episode, um, and is now in the hospital. He's fine, he's stable, but he's uh, undergoing a heart procedure right now in Atlanta. So he's okay, but still keep your fingers crossed for him. Uh, that, that ticker cannot be doing well no. after what he's obviously done to it over the years. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the years and years of cocaine and steroids spelt disaster for him at the impact taping last night. Yeah. But, uh, my uh, only so question well. is, is he, uh, in his hospital room, is he hanging out in the, uh, Steiner recliner? <sighs> Nick Howell, everybody, Nick Howell. Uh, so anyway, yeah, get well soon, Scott Steiner. We're going to move on very quickly because there's a lot we need to discuss in all elite wrestling. Speaking of legends, uh, Cody came out to cut a promo and started whining a little bit about Jake, or, or, or uh, I spoiled it already, <laughs> MJF, go, if you would just come out and face me like a man. Uh, come on, look me in the yeah. eye and tell me you beat me right. fair and square. Right, because you know you didn't, we all know you didn't, we all know you used the ring, blah, 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 and out comes... Hold our, hold our breath for the MJF music, and what do we get instead, Nick? Jake the Snake Roberts! The goddamn snake! What? What the what? What is Jake the Snake doing in the AEW zone? Is there some magical portal that in the uh, backstage at AEW that legends just come out and they just walk <laughs> down the ramp? Uh, what? Yeah. Jake Last we heard, out. he was re he was doing a good job recovering from. A lot of stuff that he had had going on over the last year or so. Now he's out on AEW cutting promo heel promos against Cody. 
great heel promos comes yes. out. Part of his head shaved, so it's it's he's got this it's got a kind of cool edgy look going on. Gets in the ring, like does this thing where he like runs his hands along the ring ropes and smells his hands, and he goes with the turnbuckle and smells the turnbuckle. That was and nice. You're like, oh, nice touch. You got the, I got the little chills. I'm like, oh, Jake, he's 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 missed this, hasn't he? Yep. He's missed this, and then. He calls Cody a bitch. He says, I, I can't sit in the back while you're out here crying like a little bitch. I thought you were better than that. Uh, but you know what? Hail Caesar. But I didn't come here to praise you. I came here to slay you, which also thought was a nice touch. He yeah. didn't say bury you, which is the original quote. Uh, and that's been something else in wrestling. <laughs> so um, he, he nailed this promo. He he. He suggested that he has, he said he has, I've got a client. The client's going to come here. It's going to be the dark side. It's going to take roots in AEW and then we will rise like a Phoenix. Uh, yeah, man. I, I don't know who that is or, or what that is. We have some, some guesses, you know, could it be Lance Archer? Could it be, He'd be Brody the Lee one. Uh, or Brody Lee, you know, uh, uh, yeah. Luke Harper, maybe, it maybe could be both of them. I don't know. Let me Jake the Snake stable. I would not be mad at that either. Um, but this promo was beautiful. Jake, he, he, he not only allowed himself that moment of saying, I've waited a long time to get back in. I deserve this. I did, I did the work. And the audience got to applaud him. But then he got to just diss Cody and do one of the – that's one of the coldest walkaways I've ever seen, Nick. He finished – strong he said i'm not here i'm not here i'm not interested in taking the whole aew pie i just want your share cody and i'm gonna i'm gonna leave oh caesar with some words of wisdom someone once told me never turn your back on someone that you that you don't respect or you fear and while he's saying it he starts walking away and just the second he's done with that he throws the mic over his shoulder cody catches it perfectly the perfect like Toss catch just, just disrespect. It's cold. It was cold as ice. The snake is back, Nick. Oh my! Oh, God. you have no idea how much I was marking out over this. My boy <laughs> was back and just and showed he has not lost a step. The guy could barely speak because he's fried his vocal cords over the years, but it just it worked, Nick. Yep. Oh, it totally God, worked. It worked. Uh, I, I could totally get behind a Jake the Snake. If we look at Tully Blanchard and Sean Spears, do that same formula with. Jake the Snake and Lance Archer, I uh, you've got my attention, hundred yeah. percent. He called out Arn Anderson at one point. I just, uh, he actually he even kind of suggested you know back in the day I used to have the snake in the corner because once you think about the snake, I've got you in the palm of my hands. Uh, you know you you fear that snake and that's what gets you. And then now he's suggesting he's going to be in the corner of whoever he's bringing out. So he's now he's, he's become the snake. The snake. Uh, I just everything about this worked. It worked for his character. It worked for the storyline. It made Cody interesting because now you're wondering who's going to come out and face Cody. It makes you excited for whoever he's going to bring out, and he's basically just built up whoever he's bringing out without even saying anything about him. Really, yep. Put him on the moon already, uh, and he's got all of our heads going now. We're now we're going. Okay, what's ha who could this be? What's going to happen? What's this feud going to be like? What's Jake going to do? What's his involvement? Fantastic. I think the only thing that I, you know, I'm, I'm just waiting to see what happens now. The only question I have is, how much will Jake be involved, and is this healthy for him? Will he be able to stay healthy doing this kind of stuff, being in this atmosphere? Like, should we be worried about him at this point, or just, like, cool, just excited? Uh, it's fine. 
if Arn's out there doing it, he can do it. But he has had more health stuff than than Arn. I was going to say, <laughs> um, if he's just out there as a mouthpiece, fine. If he starts taking bumps, I'll I'll get a little concerned. Yeah, yeah. I I don't want to see Jake taking any bumps. No. I mean, maybe punch somebody, but. So let's let's look at the opposing corners of this ring. Are we so we now we now kind of see things starting to shake up or, or shape up, I should say, around the AEW championship, which we'll talk about later. Um, but the now we've got Cody and he's headed into his next thing. Are we headed into Cody versus Lance Archer? I'd be fine with that. Oh, oh. So with 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 Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake Roberts in opposing corners. That would oh. be. I would be fine with that. I'd be fine with anyone, either one of these guys, um, coming in there. Or if it's if it's Matt Hardy, there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of people that we feel like are coming to AEW right now. They've said that they or they've hinted that they want to stagger out the surprise appearances. They don't want to do it all in one week, yeah. even though they might have to just because they're running up against time constraints. But uh, yeah, I could see this being a staggered thing. the The haircut leads me to think Lance Archer, but that could have just been a coincidence. We don't know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy with any of those options, frankly, any of those options with Jake on the, on the stick. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Cool. Yeah, totally. Cool. Uh, is it too uh, many reveals too much? Is, is, are we getting too much of that though? It would be, that's the last thing I wanted to ask. You said we were going to stagger them out, but is it, Oh no, we have to get the, the debuts of, of potentially Matt Hardy, Lance Archer and Brody Lee, AKA Luke Harper. Oh no, <laughs> I sure. have too much. I have too much cake. Sure. <laughs> no, no. Please, AEW, don't give me all these wonderful things. Does the oversaturation hurt all three, though, you know, cumulatively? I, I guess I, that's, is what that's I'm a good at. question. I think it depends on how they debut them, as long as they debut in different interesting yeah. ways. Yeah, I you know, that. As long as it's not like a bunch of guys coming out, and now Matt Hardy, and now Lance Archer, and bring them out <laughs> differently, you know what I mean? Like, if they, if they have them all be different in how they're presented and how they're brought out, then yeah, it's fine. Come on, bring it, it on. Uh, we also had a, a speech from our new champion, John, John Maxley, came out and wanted to say thanks to everybody for helping us win this belt because this belt was our belt now. Oh, yes. Yeah, so facey. He's such a face. Uh, and he basically said, look, I know the fight's not over at the inner circle. They spent, they scratched and clawed to keep me from getting it. They're not going to give up now. But he said, you know what? If you want to take this from my, my hands, I dare you to try. Yeah. Well. I will die before I let you take this out of my hands. And he's like the one person that I believe when he says that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I also believe Chris Jericho when he says, I'm going to turn the inner circle into a hit squad and we're going to come for you and everybody else in AEW, which is what Chris Jericho came out at the top of the ring to say yep. uh, once everyone was done singing his damn song. Uh, Jericho even put his That sounded near a little bitter. Future <laughs> well, it uh, it's 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 I love it. I frankly, oh, but, I do too. Uh, but let the man talk. <laughs> no, I, it's dude. It's this is one of my most entertaining things in wrestling is people just unable, like they can't even cut. They have to cut that song off right before the beginning of that, like the the end of that chorus, the end line, yeah. Just so that like people can be done and Jericho can start talking. Anyway, we digress. Uh, Jericho said he would take two months off. If uh, after their match tonight, he had a match, him and Sammy Guevara versus uh, Moxley and Darby Allen. If after that match, uh, Moxley could walk out on his own two feet, Jericho would take two months off, 60 days off, which seemed believable because we all know Jericho is about to go on tour with Fozzie. 
So it seemed like that was going to be the stipulation and there was going to be a big Mox victory, but that was not the case. Moxley got jumped as he was coming to the ring by the inner circle, got beaten up over in the concession area. And then it was Darby Allen, five on one, technically two on one in the ring, but then three dudes outside. Darby Allen, five on one, Nick. And uh, we basically got Darby Allen fighting even, for his life. He even hot tagged himself. That was, <laughs> that, was, that might be the whole he moment of the match right himself. there. Like he runs over he to his up. corner, tags himself, and runs back over and just starts wearing on everybody. That, that whole bit right there, just I lost my shit. That was the he one hot, moment where... <laughs> he hot-tagged and hulked up and had like a fire baby face comeback all on his own. Yep. Ah, coffin dropped from the top to the outside on the entire inner circle. Uh, but it wasn't unbelievable. The way that, that they worked this, it seemed like he was fighting for his life and gritting it out and just, you know, was, as he says on his tattoo, relentless. So... I didn't think that it made the inner circle look like too much of goons because they did overwhelm him in the end, and he did he did yeah. go down. But uh, but yeah, the, the at the one point, and this is the spot that scared the crap out of me. It's the one that put him down. He went for a suicide dive to the outside, and once again, a suicide dive was almost death because Chris Jericho did a Judas effect as he was coming through the ropes. As Darby was coming through the ropes, Chris Judas affects him, and Darby hits the ground like a sack of potatoes, head first. And you watch that in slow motion. That is just gnarly from every angle between Chris actually connecting with that thing to Darby's head just going splat on the ground. Um, and the reports are that he's got a minor concussion after that. I don't know how kayfabe that is, but I would freaking believe it. I don't know how you wouldn't have one <laughs> after getting like yeah. rocked in the head like that and then hitting the ground. Just wow. Yeah. But yeah, kudos to, to Darby Allen. After this, though, after they get the pin, here comes a stumbling, fumbling Moxley down the ramp only to be just be completely assaulted and brutalized by the entire inner circle uh, to the point where he's taken back up to the top, powerbombed off the stage, down through two tables. Yeah. Much like a little throwback to the... Uh, well, a little Cerberus action there, huh? A little, little yeah. shield uh, going little on. Shieldish. And then little instead shieldish. of doing fist bumps, they all did fingers. Uh, <laughs> and I was just like, uh-huh, I see what's going on here. That yeah. was really clever, that whole segment right there. That entire way to close out the show, that last 20 show minutes. Yeah. Very entertaining. Very Firing entertaining. On all very cylinders. fun. Uh, get Darby over, still make the inner circle look strong and protect Moxley. And, and, and also, it's a bit of a surprise because I genuinely thought, all right, Jericho's going to be gone for two months. I was, I was, I'd accepted it. I was fine with it. But no, he, he isn't. He's actually scheduled his tour, so he has every single Wednesday off. Yeah, he's come out and said, I've, I've, I'm, I'm not going to miss any wrestling commitments for AEW. Uh, because of the tour, I'm scheduled and, around it, and he's been doing that for years with Fozzie. Oh, I remember back in the day, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> worked uh, us all. But hey, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. This angle was great. So loved all of this. We also had uh, Jake Hager versus QT Marshall, and some more inner circle violence after this match broke down, as you would expect. A uh, bunch of inner circle guys came out. The elite came out. Matt Jackson, not Nick. Nick is currently at home. Uh, his wife is, is expecting their third child, so he was not at the tapings. Uh, but you had the big rumble afterwards, the elite versus, you know, Dustin Runnels was out there and everything else, Dustin Rhodes. And uh, the funny thing was at the end, Hangman Page, the only person who has isn't there, starts coming out to save everybody, but doesn't come running out, doesn't run out for the save, just comes sauntering out slowly with his beer, walks down to the ring, the, the, like Jake Hager is looking at him like, I'm going to kick your butt. And he's like, it's, it's cool, man. Hold on for a second. Very yeah. calmly puts his beer over on the turnbuckle and then jumps in and, and kicks everyone's ass 
and then goes back for his beer. Uh, Matt Jackson didn't like this, Nick, which is a continuation of the story. Are we building towards a singles feud with Matt Jackson and Hangman Page? Is that what you saw here? No, I think I'm thinking more Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, mainly because of what we saw after Revolution. After the match at Revolution, we saw uh, Hangman get out of uh, the ring and yeah, they like, start to set up like he yeah. was going to do the buckshot on Kenny, and then he went, oh, hey, hey, and then he opened the ropes for him. There's shades of all kinds of stuff going on here. But the, but the whole middle of that match was Matt Jackson just really being irritated by, by Hangman. Like That seems to be a much more festering feud right now. I feel, I, mean, I feel like, again, it's what I said leading up to Revolution. I feel like that, uh, that Kenny Omega is going to be put in the position where he has to choose between the Bucks and Hangman, and I think that's going to break up the tag team because Kenny's going to choose the Bucks. And sure. it's going to lead to them having that feud. Yeah. And I'm still in that position. Right now, you know, it's funny. We joked a lot about... Hangman Page at the very beginning of AEW that he was getting shot to the moon. He was the big first one to go for the title, all of that kind of stuff, right? Coming out of All Out and leading into uh, the Dynamite show starting in October. We were just like, Hangman Reigns, all that stuff. It feels a little bit more like Stone Cold Page right now because he's he's over as hell with the crowd. He's not really a face. He's not really a heel. And he's kind of just pissed off at everybody. Yeah, doing his doesn't own have thing. the same... That's the same level of aggression. I have, I have a hard time comparing anyone to Stone Cold because Stone I, Cold I is so unique. But, but, but I know what, I know what you're saying. The, the nuance the of it is very familiar in in that. Sure. Those two, and I, that's where I'm. Is that the direction they're taking, Paige? Because that could make for some interesting television and and fights as well. Well, and one wonders if they were trying to go for a heel turn for him in the in the first place, and that kind of got turned around by the fact that everyone's just loving his gimmick so much right now, and maybe they're trying to find some other nuance to it. But whatever it is, it's interesting. Uh, and I'm, I'm certainly engaged to see where they're going from now from now on. Um, I also thought it was curious that QT Marshall and Dustin uh, Rhodes have now turned into a tag team. They're, gonna, they're known as the, um, the Natural Nightmares. So apparently going forward, they're going to be a tag team managed by Brandy Rhodes. All right. But the thing is, is that in AEW, they, they have a really interesting way of dealing with tag teams where you've got the tag teams that are just straight-up tag teams. But you can also have singles wrestlers kind of dip in and out of it. It's almost like everyone wants to have two careers, and if you can if you can play first and second base, yeah. then cool. You know what I mean? And I, I, I dig that way of presenting it, where you've got the, the the tag teams where they're specifically tag teams, but then sometimes you'll have people dip out of those tag teams in a singles action, which is why I thought you know Matt Jackson might dip out of the Young Bucks, uh, especially with Nick being sidelined, and have like a one on one feud with Hangman or whoever. So I yeah, I'm not. I don't know that that, that would be particularly interesting. I, I think you would be shocked, Nick. I think I think that would be. I, actually I would be. I would hope to be pleasantly surprised, but I would be yep. skeptical of it. Yep. Well, you can be skeptically optimistic. So I think it'd be a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, Pack had a match with Chucky e. T. Speaking of uh, people from tag teams working singles, Chucky e. T. had a, his first singles match in AEW, and he got he got some pretty good offense in on Pack. He actually got to show off a lot of his moves, and he also got to get, get dissed by Jr., uh, who basically suggested that he was out of shape. Which, you know, Chucky's got a little bit of the dad bod going on, but damn, Don't we JR. All? <laughs> but damn, JR. Yeah. Damn. That's cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. We, we don't need to reiterate Nick's distaste of JR, JR's current whatever Crit- anymore. Critiquing of wrestlers? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. he. The problem is he's not or wrong. Ignorance, but or, maybe just maybe maybe, maybe do your job and put people over, or or tell their story <laughs> and not act so ignorant about you know who they are or what they are or what they're trying to accomplish in the ring and all. Uh, that's my hang up with it. It's not his delivery. It's not any of that. It's just, it feels like remember when he did New Japan. Oh, don't don't. And it was me. miserable because he had no idea who anybody were. He couldn't pronounce their names. Didn't know their gimmicks. Didn't know their histories. None of. That. It feels like we're kind of back there again. And it's I been feel, six no, months, dude. You should like know who these people more. are. I feel like he cares more here. He's trying harder, and I think he's been getting better on some of these shows. But there's things like this where I'm like, dude, JR, if you're going to critique him and not put him over, save it for the back. And I think he was trying to be constructive criticism where he was saying he's got a good frame. If you put a little more strength on that, he could go a long way. Dude, don't <laughs> stop with the passive-aggressive stuff, man. Don't be dissing Chris Statlander's gimmick, although it needed to be, you know, I, I agree with him on both these points. Like, but it doesn't yo, need to be said on television to right, the greater exactly. filthy casual audience. <laughs> we know that stuff as smarks, but we, we, you don't have to broadcast that to the world. I, well, that, dude, I, I don't know. Is there a filthy casual audience that watches AEW? Or, or It's a pretty smarky crowd, man. Yeah, that's true. It's pretty smarky. There's no way that Orange Cassidy's that over with a, with a crowd that's just there to make their kids happy. Yeah. Just going to throw that out there. Uh, but after the match is what was interesting. Pac guts it out and uh, beats Chucky e. T after eating an awful waffle, which, you know, nice job, Pac. And then afterwards, that's where the interesting stuff happened because apparently Pac has joined up with a crew of dudes. He's joined up with the Lucha Brothers. They came out and beat up uh, Orange Cassidy, Trent, and uh, continue to beat up uh, Chucky e. T. Two-time PWG champ, Chucky e. T, by the way. Yes, indeed. Uh, He's the one that uh, Keith Lee beat. Uh, yeah, that's right. Is that right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. Uh, and he beat Ricochet for it. Yep. But anyway, uh, yeah, so it looks like we've got a new trios group here. They're called, uh, was it Death Triangle? And uh, Triangle it, it, de la Muerta. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay, so, the, so they finally found something for the Lucha Brothers to do. Is this the right thing for them to do? Join up with PAC and be uh, a three-person team? After the 2019... Li listen, I know what I'm about to say might be a little controversial. Uh-oh. Here we go. After Hot the, after the 2019 that they had, uh, Wrestling Observer News awarded them the tag team of the year, mm -hmm. uh, Lucha Brothers. After the 2019 that they had, both in Mexico and in the U.S., it's, it's, no, it's a no-brainer that they are one of the best, if not the best, tag team in the world. However... I enjoy that. Maybe I'm just holding on at my breast to Lucha Underground a little bit too much. You, you and think? I enjoy <laughs> them as single stars more than I enjoy them together as a tag team. Right. And I see so much potential in the two of them. Having Kenny Omega and Pentagon have a feud. Having Phoenix and, I don't know, like a Darby Allen have a crazy high flyer feud. Uh, there's so much potential there, but I see them getting, I feel like they're getting squandered because they're locked into this tag team bubble as the Lucha Brothers. And it's hard for me to say that because of the year they just had. So I'm in this weird conundrum where it's, it's what I want, and I think it would be amazing, and I think everybody would love it, but I also recognize and appreciate what they are as a tag team. So I don't know, man. I'm, I'm so torn. With, with these two guys right now because they have all the potential in the world. And I just, I, 
you're gonna make them goons in a in, as behind I, pack. I, I hope it's not goons. I hope it's three <sighs> guys who get now they're now they're getting elevated because Pack has been so you know front and center for so much of this, and they haven't. They've really been kind of on the sidelines, like they don't know what to do with them. They almost had something going with Christopher Daniels. They almost had this. They almost had something with the Young Bucks. Maybe this will give them some momentum. Maybe this will give them. Oh God, I use that word. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Maybe this will give them some sort of sense of direction. Right? Do you see and, trios titles showing up at any point? That question was asked throughout the week to this week. Oh, dude, as soon as everyone started realizing, my God, we have nothing but like three-person teams in AEW. I mean, I would almost say, uh, here's the thing. Do you have a tag title and a trios title? Because that seems like overkill. Yeah, it seems like about like, much. What do you, yeah, I mean, they have it in New Japan, but look how much the trios title is used. <laughs> it's Not like, at all. It's, never, it's, it's just like a nothing... But people don't even bring those titles out to the ring ever. You know, I think the last time I saw him was Shingo brought it out when he was uh, fighting for the Never Belt. Or when he won yeah. the Never Belt, he brought it out so he could show that he was Shingo, Shingo two belts too. But most of the time, people don't even recognize that those exist. So could they have a trios? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they need it, though. No, I'd rather you know? see it be a Freebird thing. Like, Yeah, um, have a whole bunch of Freebird you know. teams. Or you've got so. Pack that can go after... Um, uh, the ring at some point, and you can have the Lucha Brothers go or whatever, after the tag yeah. championships. Uh, sure. Or Pack and Phoenix can Listen, be a team and Pentagon go off. Or whatever. Mix and one match. Of, one of our biggest complaints of, over the course of doing this show was the lack of factions or well-built factions. AEW's knocking that out of the park. It's, yeah. yeah we, we're They've getting got, a little bit of a little bit of a nothing, overdose nothing but of factions, factions. <laughs> in but AEW. Factions. You've got the Elite slash the Nightmare Collective. You've got Dark Order. You've got the Inner Circle. Uh Hangman's uh, no, sorry, not Hangman. Uh, Pack has now got his little three guys there, like you know, a bunch of three man factions too. Um, best friend, the fresh, freshly squeezed best friends, like just yeah, they're all over the place. If it coalesces into something more like New Japan, where it's just a whole bunch of huge factions, that would be fine too. But I kind of yeah, like if you ended up like four or five group. like big major factions that had all yeah. these little subgroups in them. Yeah, but then amazing. you've also got like a bunch of guys who've got managers. You know, you've got uh, Cody who's got Arn. You've got MJF who's got. You know Wardlow, and uh, you got you got uh, now apparently whoever's coming out with Jake the Snake. So yeah, it's love Lance. it. Uh, speaking of Dark Order, they had a match with SCU, and it was SCU and Colt Cabana versus uh, <laughs> versus the Dark Order. Uh, How which, fun is Colt Cabana to watch? For those of you that haven't seen a lot of Colt Cabana, you got to see him in this match. I, I would love to hear what everybody thought. Here's the problem, though. Yes, he looked athletic. Yes, he was a lot of fun. Did his kind of fun-loving, goofy style make Dark Order look bad? Because uh, they need to be taken seriously, especially with the Exalted One. Supposedly, could come out at any time. They keep teasing him coming out, or her. Uh, would, like, dang. You know, they were just starting to look like they could beat people again. And then they get beat here. So I don't know. Like they see, they're still teetering on that edge of being kind of a of a, a loser team. You're talking about Dark Order. Yeah. No, I think that's all for purpose. I hope so. I have really them, do have them so. lose a few things and look on their last legs, and then the Exalted One shows up, and they're going to go on this undefeated streak of just terror. I, I really hope that it, that's. The I way hope that's that the they case. Do it. Yeah. I hope that's the case. Um, I'm going to throw. We got to keep moving here, but I'm going to throw one more name in the hat for the Exalted One. Uh, I found out that somebody did not re-sign with Impact Wrestling and is now a free agent and would actually be freaking perfect uh, for that part. Father James Mitchell uh, did not re-sign oh. with Impact. Matt. So when the, the video that, that Matt Hardy posted where the Young Bucks came to his compound and he acted like he'd been ready for them, 
that doesn't seem like the introduction of a, a guy who's going to be leading one of your heel factions. Like, Agreed, you know, been but that's outside of k The whole, time. The whole sure. being the elite maybe thing is outside is, of k Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But my point is, is that maybe it's all a swerve. Yes, they posted a thing uh, last night on Twitter. It was like a whole bunch of rambling sentences, but the first letter of all the sentences spelt Matt Hardy. Yeah. Uh, it was about the, the Dark Order. I'm getting worked so hard. Perhaps we're all being swerved, and Matt Hardy is there to actually you know, be a, a force for good, and someone else is leading the Dark Order. And who better? Then Father James Mitchell. How great would he be as the leader of the Dark Order? What are you gonna have Matt Hardy do? He's got the blonde streak. The 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 tease is out again. He's doing all the crazy talk. Uh, like he's broken again. He's He's dragging a cross across the lawn like he's Jesus. Dra- <laughs> like I just he's doing all the shit again, and I'm mad about it. I, I'm I'm just I'm salivating that we're gonna get broken Matt Hardy back. In AEW. Or even if it isn't broken, even if he evolves it into something else. Like, he's a creative guy. He's reinvented. He's like the Madonna of wrestling. He's reinvented himself so many damn times. Uh, <sighs> and and not like Chris Jericho, where he, like, he puts on a different coat or, like, shaves his head or whatever, cut, gets a different haircut. You know, he, like, Matt fully reinvents himself. So I'm very curious to see what he's got planned next. And I'm not going to say that it's definitively the leader of Dark Order, because maybe... But to me, it's starting to get a little too obvious. And at now, if they, if it's Matt Hardy, it's gonna be like, oh yeah, okay, we, we kind of knew that, right? There was also something put out this week that he had other commitments that he was tied to, and it was very yeah loose and vague. And I don't know if that was a work, if that was just like an excuse that they wanted to push it another week and all that. So I listen, we're talking about SCU and Dark Order. It, it is what it is. I don't think lo- that loss there is to do anything else other than to make the appearance and the motivation of whoever the exalted one ends up being bigger when they still go on right. this big winning streak. Because oh, the exalted one! He's there. He's not going to be happy about this. Yeah, right. right? As, exactly. as Evil Uno was screaming after the match. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with you on that. But it's still like they've got to be a little careful. Yeah. Uh, with that, so that you know the exalted one isn't coming into a. a like, Pardon Let's the pun. Go. It's been two months. You don't. You don't want to bring. You don't want to bring the exalted <laughs> one into. Pardon the pun. A broken team. Oh. So that's all I'm saying. Hey yo. Uh, a couple more things. Big Swole had a match with Leva Bates. It was essentially a squash. Uh, so I guess they're trying to build up Swole a little bit. Good. Uh, which fine. You need more. You need more people that we recognize that we get behind. Uh, MJF had a little promo in a dark tunnel. He said he is a winner, and he's looking at. He's looking for coming for Moxley. So, curious to see if he starts going for Mox, because I feel like Moxley would eat him alive. I guess Warlow is the one thing standing in his way, but we'll see what they have planned with that. I could see more that than was, one that person. That was actually the whole reason I picked Moxley to win the title, because I thought MJF was going to get his shot. And he, well, they needed to put it on Mox for that to happen. I, I wouldn't mind them having more than one person going for, Mo- for Moxley at, at once, because that makes a lot more sense than just only one, like one person going for the title at one time. It's more exciting to have multiple people kind of like jumping sure. in. It's a little more realistic. Everybody should want that title, right? Uh, and then finally, Sean Spears is on the lookout for a tag team partner. Uh, I'm curious where they're going with that story, but uh, I am also going to throw my hat in and say that his tag partner should be Simon Miller. <laughs> why? That's why. Because it's Simon Miller. Because stuff just happens? Because I think it'd be a great idea. Yeah, that a boy. Well, that's it for all Elite Wrestling, guys. Uh, let's head over and talk about what went down on the other show on Wednesday night, NXT. 
Cage matches, cage matches all over the place. God, I wish I liked cage matches. Uh, so we had Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai in a cage to open the show. Uh, and it was a cage match, Nick. It was a cage match. Uh, I thought we were blowing off this feud. Apparently, we were blowing it off again. Uh, we had a cage match to try to keep Dakota Kai's newest buddy, Raquel Gonzalez, outside of the ring and outside, outside of these two spheres of orbits or whatever. Uh, it didn't work, though. Raquel still got involved, kept Tegan from getting out of the ring, uh, ultimately trapped her behind the door so uh, Dakota Kai could sneak out the door, blah, blah, blah. Uh, honestly, I, I thought this was a as well-worked as you could have of a cage match in the modern era uh, and a creative finish. But, um, yeah, at, at the same time, like cage matches kind of leave me cold these days. And this these, one... These two... Uh, ladies are fantastic. Just when you think you've seen enough of them and you'd be bored with them, they put on yet another good match. Let's forget the let's forget the cage was there. Yes, it was it was fine. They beat the and crap out of each other. They beat the absolute they holy hell out of, each other, out of each other, and it was a lot of fun to watch. And I took that away from it. Um, the fact that it's still going on, I'm a little concerned about. Like, what's next? I, so I think like, it's where does it go now. from here? Yeah. I don't know. It still feels like there's unfinished business there, even after this match. Does so it? I, I really hope not. I mean, I, I could watch these two fight forever. They're fantastic. Of course, they yeah. know each other really well. They've both been in the Performance Center for years at this point and have spent a lot of time together and have amazing chemistry and can put on amazing matches. Does it need to be in a cage? No. Do, do we, does we need stipulations? Sure. Do we need to finish this at some point and move on? So Tegan can have some other story with someone else so that Kai can come back in and screw her over with that stuff. Yeah, we need to expand this a little bit at some point because this is going to get a little bit... It's already getting a little yeah, bit watered I, down. But I think, I think that if this is the end of the feud, it's the right time. I, um, I hope so. And this, was a, this, this was a very much like... This felt like a big moment. you know. And they had a, some big moments in this. Um, I got to say, two bum knees and you're doing a crossbody from the top of the cage. I was, I was terrified. I was like, oh God, what are you doing? I was terrified. <sighs> Um, these, these women put in work. I don't, I don't want to demean the work they put in on this match because they did, yeah. they put in some work. I just am biased about modern cage matches. Um, I'm more so uh, that yeah, way with the second one than the first one. Yeah. Well, on the second one, I will. Okay. Let's, let's get to that in like two seconds. I think, yeah. I, I think we'll just put a capstone on this and say it was a very well worked match, um, with the right finish and hopefully that's the end of their feud. Yeah. But let's talk about the next cage match. Uh, Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong in a cage to end the show. And they had a, a fine match, I guess. It wasn't, it wasn't anywhere near what either of them can do. No. Um, and ultimately, of course, Undisputed Era comes out because Roderick's getting, getting beat up. And they try to get involved. Adam Cole ends up getting in the cage. And Velveteen Dream, for some reason, tosses Roddy out the door, handcuffs the door closed, and then he's got Adam Cole all to himself and starts beating the crap out of Adam Cole. Um, which, you know, in theory, I think is interesting booking. But we don't know what his beef with Adam Cole is, per se. I thought he had more beef with Roderick. But now he's showing he's got more beef with Adam Cole. He's throwing Roderick out and trying to keep the Undisputed Era out so he can beat up Adam Cole. But yet they're back inside because they climb over the top almost immediately. And... Yeah, and then he ends up grabbing the title, and uh, Velveteen ends up grabbing the title and walking off with it at the end of the whole thing. It seemed convoluted to get to that finish. And yes, I understand that they wanted to keep it separate from the the first cage match, but they booked themselves into this corner, Nick. Like they did, you did it to yourselves. Yeah, 
And it feels so, like they're trying know. to get Dream into the, the NXT title picture. Well, he's there. He was already kind of being thought that way. There's really no one else going for Adam Cole right now, but it did seem a little shoehorned. Yeah. And, and once again, you know, Roderick Strong was kind of the, he was just, you know, there on the side. He was there for a purpose and nothing else. And he didn't look good in all of this either, I don't think, at the, at the end of the day. Who, Roderick? So it was, it was, yeah. No. It was a little, the whole thing was a little underwhelming, I thought. Yeah, it was it was is an excuse to get Dream and Adam Cole in a cage to beat the shit out of him and give him a little bit of a showcase there and that he could compete with Adam Cole and I I was like wait no what was this it, the way to get to that Rod- Roderick's pissed he's trying to get vengeance on Dream for the, all the shit with Marina like what what are you guys doing what what does this like, have to do with Adam I like, Cole I like Marina coming out and sliding the kendo stick into the ring like sure. I liked her finally getting involved in this and showing that yeah she's kind of pissed at Dream too like all right good but that's the thing is this has all been ever since Dream has come back. The feud with Roderick was convoluted where you're, you want to cheer him and like, yeah, Roderick's a bad guy, but man, Dream was going hard at his family and that was kind of not very facey. And then this here where you know he, he loses the match intentionally just so he can beat up Adam Cole, that's something you do after you establish he's got beef with Adam Cole to the level that he would do something like that. Yeah. It didn't feel like he was playing like three-dimensional chess here. It just it felt like... It just felt like a spur of the moment move and wasn't really motivated. It was messy. So the the booking here has been a little bit head scratching, and in addition, it feels like as a result, Dream is missing some of that mystique that makes his character. Like I feel like Dream is missing something since he came back, um, and I can't entirely put my finger on it, but it's it's something about his mystique is not there. They're they're treating him kind of like a plucky baby face, but at the same time, he's also being kind of a dick heel, and it's not meshing. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. I don't either. It's it's one of the rare times where NXT booking isn't connecting, with me at least. No, it's not with me either. Like since he's come back, the whole thing has just been a mess. It's been one of the few things that I've just been like, huh? Like normally it's, it's Adam Cole and Roderick Strong and Dream and Marina's in it now. Like I should be over the moon about this. But they yeah. made the match about Dream in the cage with Adam Cole. It wasn't yeah. about Roderick Strong. They're like, pick your poison, guys. You need to you need to finish one story before you start another one. It just it feels this is one of I, I've, we've we've raved and ranted about undisputed era in a glowing way for the last two years. Sure. And this is one of the 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 kinks that have always been there for me is that it's never just one person. That you're always going to end up fighting all of them. All the jackals. It's, yeah. It's the hyena menta- pack mentality kind sure. of thing, right? Great. Fine. So it should it, be. Yeah, but the purpose of a cage is to stop that from happening, and it didn't, and it, it was no, almost instant. But I like, I I did like the visual of like people on every level of the cage, like in the background, the foreground, climbing, trying to get in. Like that was a cool visual. Like the 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 hyenas are like climbing the walls, and Dream has to fend them all off. Like there was something to that. But yes, I agree. Like you know. A lot of outside interferences in these cage matches, and again, that's one thing I just don't like about cage matches. It should be about the two people in the cage. Look at Cody and Wardlow. Yeah. All right. God. I mean, I hate to keep doing this kind of comparative stuff, but we just had a quote a cage match in another company that they nailed it. They nailed what a cage match should be. Two guys locked in a cage and they're forced to fight it out, and one of them is outmatched by the other one. How does he grit it out? Okay. That didn't happen in either of these. Uh, you kind of felt that in the first half of the Tegan Knox Dakota Kai match, where it was two people like just hate each other and they want to tear each other apart, and they don't want anyone else getting involved. But then ultimately, someone else did get involved. 
Um, and it was it was an, another match where there was all about the escape and not about you yeah. know finishing this inside the ring, inside the cage. And then the second cage match, it was all like you said, all about people trying to get in, which is fine, but it ended up being about something completely different at the end of it. And again, you know, the whole idea was that now he was locking himself in the cage so he could really beat up this one person, but but he didn't have time to do that because they kept getting back in it right away. So why lock yourself in there if you're only going to have a few seconds to really have you know your your attack on this guy, and you haven't established why you have a motivation to do that? So yeah, like I said, something was off. It seemed over convoluted. Not enough, not enough meat there, Nick. Yeah, something agreed. something needs to be done with this with this feud to make us really want to get behind Dream. Aside from the fact that you know it's the undisputed era and they're these bastard heels, but the problem is everyone loves them too. So yeah. uh, speaking of bastard heels. Johnny Gargano. Johnny wow. Gargano. That rat bastard! Son of a bitch. Mm. He had an absolutely lights-out interview with Mauro Ranallo, dude. What did you think about this interview? Uh, fantastic. Just, uh, I, I have, uh, it's almost like no words, no critiques for it. Um, you just have to go, people, you have to go, just go watch just, it. It's just almost it. indescribable. Yeah. Just watch it. It's, it's, you will not recknize the man that Johnny Gargano has become. Yeah. That's that really the thing that I took away from it. We've watched Johnny Gargano for the last three to four years rise to maybe one of the most epic baby faces of all time in NXT. It, through all of the DIY stuff, through all of the Champa turn, through all of those fights, and then the feuds with Adam Cole over the last year, it, it, he reached a level that I don't think anybody else has in NXT. And I, I didn't see that guy, one inkling of that guy. In this promo with this interview with Morrow, it's a whole yeah, new guy. It seemed like he, he something snapped in him. Like you could see where he came from, you know, like the progression. Some yeah. somehow he got to this place, but something has really snapped inside Gargano, and it, it's fantastic. Love it. And I loved, I loved the again the kind of the twisted heel logic here. And the great thing also was that he started to physically intimidate Morrow Ronaldo, and Morrow played it beautifully morrow's performance here was outstanding like he just kept getting more and more uncomfortable by how scary and psychotic johnny was and you know and johnny obviously very much over the top ham acting but at the same time really effective believably scary stuff yeah from johnny gargano like getting up in morrow's face and you know like like looking like he could like, strike him at any if you, moment. If you've been watching for NXT for the last few years, you and you didn't see this this week for whatever reason, you absolutely like this was one of two maybe three things you had to go see on NXT this week. Yeah. We, go watch this, this. It was it was it was genuinely chilling. I loved it. So, knocked out of the park with Johnny. I was definitely on the fence about Johnny's heel turn. Overall, I still kind of am. I'm like, you know, all right, all right, off to a good start, but you know, show me that this can work. This is a really good step yep. in the right direction. I was doubtful of it until us. I saw this this week. And it's and it still left so many things open, like Johnny saying, Mauro, you know why uh, I feel this way. Tommaso Ch- stares in the camera at the end. Tommaso Ciampa, you know why. We still don't know. We don't. We're, we're, we have no idea, but something done happened to this boy. Something done happened. Messed him up. Yep. That boy, bad boy, messed up in the head. <laughs> I love it. Uh, speaking of messed up in the head, Nick... Your boy, Cameron Grimes, came out to run his mouth on our boy, Keith Lee. Uh, Keith Lee was out to celebrate being the North American champion and ca- interrupted by Cameron Grimes, 
who got booed out of the building. Oh, that crowd did not like him. Uh, he could not get a word. It was like it was like a, a Roman Reigns after WrestleMania promo. It could was, not get a word in Edgewise. Listen, uh, NXT is known for opening their show really hot with either a hot match or a hot promo, and then they just have wrestling matches, kind of for the rest of the of the night. And it's a lot of action, and it's really fast paced. And I'm wondering if they're trying to slow down a little bit here over the last few weeks with this new two-hour show format, if they're trying to re... Something hasn't been firing for me for the last few weeks on NXT. And I, I don't know if that's... I'm being overwhelmed by how amazing AEW has been. And I, I just... Something's missing. And I don't know if they're reworking stuff, but there's a lot more promo stuff happening on NXT. And I don't know if this was the right thing to do. I don't know if... We, it, who thought bringing Cameron Grimes out opposite Keith Lee in Full Sail would be would go well. Well, but it did, I think, because he got a ton of heat. Like, he came out and said, hey, your boy Dijakovic, I stomped the crap out of him last week. Uh, I want uh, Now I want you. I want a shot of that title. And, uh, and Keith Lee was like, all right, you, you can get Regal to do it. Come at me next week. Um, but Grimes just got tons of heat. The crowd was like, we don't like you. They're booing everything he says. And he's and and that's all partly because he's standing across from Keith Lee, and everyone loves Keith Lee. That's, so he's going to come out next week. He's not going to beat Keith Lee, and he's going to be relegated back to wherever he came from. And that's why I don't like it. Or there's going to be a screwy finish, and we're going to end up in a fatal four way because Keith Lee called out both Damian Priest and DiJack, and we're going to end up in some sort of fatal four way at Tampa. Hmm. You know, because okay. if you've got three big guys and little Cameron Grimes running around causing havoc, that's not a bad bit of gumbo right there. I'd watch that. Yeah. I'd watch that. Yeah. So very curious to see where this ends up. Uh, also throwing their hats into the gumbo. We had uh, we had after the match between Undisputed Era, uh, Fish and O'Reilly, they beat uh, they beat Oni Lorkin and Danny Burt, the Brit Am Brawlers or Bruisers, whatever they're being called these days. Uh, and they were celebrating the ring saying, ah, we're back to our winning ways. We should challenge for the titles. So, of course, out came Matt Riddle, Pete Dunne. And the, said, loser well, <laughs> the loser waits. The loser waits. Too easy. And uh, uh, said, well, you know what? Stallion Riddle's okay with this. Stallion Dunn's okay with this. Let's have us a title match. But before they can finish. No, God. The grizzled young vets. The grizzled young vets come out of the back and drop them. And once again, we get a brilliant Zach Gibson promo saying that uh, they will Dick not be heel. forgotten. In a suit. Mm -hmm. How many times do I have to say this on this show? Dick Heel <laughs> in a suit works every time. Look at that beautiful blue pinstripe suit that Zach Gibson had on and that fire promo that he cut. I get, it's like put a microphone in Zach Gibson's hand and kick everybody out. I don't care. Uh, I love Zach Gibson. I, I When NXT UK started, I was very somewhat unfamiliar with him, but have watched him grow and, and just become this absolute monster on the microphone. Might be the best guy with a mic going right now. I, I want to I do a little addendum to that. Dick Heel in a suit with a Liverpool accent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, anything with a, any kind of British accent is better, right? That helps a lot. <laughs> Number one. So, I mean, better I'm than I'm not me. even going to attempt to do that. Number two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I I love this. Grizzled Young Vets versus Undisputed Era, possibly versus uh, the Broserweights. Put it in my eye holes. Yes. 
Yes. Done, sold, I'm there. And I'm glad that the Grizzled Young Vets, they got called up to NXT, as it were, and it looks like they're going to be a mainstay there. Mwah! If you all don't know Grizzled Young Vets, you're in for a treat. Yes. Uh, speaking of in for a treat, Austin Theory's, uh, Austin Theory's career continues to be on NXT, although it, he had a match against Swerve Scott, our boy Swerve Scott, and he uh, took him out, Nick, I think, pretty handily. I, w- I want to... Um, uh, in a lot of the other stuff that's been going on in NXT for a couple of years now, it's every now and then we sometimes just get a match. And <laughs> I know, I know, yeah, I got gotcha. you. And sometimes you just want to sit back, you want to go to your wrestling show, you just want to sit back, you want to not have to know entire storylines for the last two years to be able to be invested in what's going on in the ring or doing a promo or doing a match. You just want to see some dudes wrestle that are really good at change wrestling, that are really good at grappling with each other, that are just really good Good wrestling. chemistry. That is yeah. exactly what this match was. There is no reason these two guys have any beef or reason to be in the ring with it. It was just and, and, a good old-fashioned match. Unless you watch Evolve. But yes, I understand what you're saying. And, and uh, I absolutely love this for it. Austin Theory is a goddamn superstar in the waiting, sure. in the making. Kill shot we absolutely adore from Lucha Underground and can go with anybody. But when is it his time? Is it ever going to be his time, or is he going to be enhancement? Like how many, how many NXT people superstars have we said that about over the last three or four years? So it, yeah, that's what it, I'm worried about. It will come at All some right. point, right? I hope you're right. Austin Theory is on on the, sh- the the fast track to get up to the main roster. Yeah, he he's basically kind of like a better wrestler version, a better wrestler male version of Lacey Evans, where we say, once Vince sees him, it's off to the races. Yeah. Once Vince gets his eyes on this boy, it's over. Right now, so. he looks like, we just saw the documentary on the ruthless aggression thing about John Cena, that episode of, of that, where he comes out in the origins of John Cena, where he just came out of OVW in, yep. like, trunks. That was it. And I kind of feel that way about Austin Theory right now. Like, he doesn't really have a story, doesn't really have no. a gimmick. He's just in some trunks. And if we figure out a way to give that dude a gimmick and he starts to build up some momentum around that that stuff, watch out. That guy's got superstar. He is the total package. He is the total package. And if you've seen any of the stuff that he's done in Evolve, it's it's fantastic. And I can say the exact same thing about He's got all the talent in the world, all the possibilities in the world. And he's basically, you know, Vince was like, I don't like Finn because he's little. Well, you got basically Finn Balor, only he's bigger. So there you go. Well, just, you know, without the pedigree and the history and the Japanese training. All I, don't that. Think yes. there's any, I don't think there's any consequence of either one of these dudes winning or losing in this match. They both it was just kind of there. amazing mm. in this match. Well, what did you think about the outcome of the Chelsea Green Shotzi Blackheart match where uh, Chelsea beat Shotzi? It was actually pretty entertaining. I, I actually I, I like this match, but Chelsea's winning now, and it makes me want the two things here, Nick. Why did Shotzi get that push where she was she looked really good, had like a whole thing going with Shayna, and then now it's she's just kind of there. And why did Chelsea lose her first match after after getting joining the Robert Stone brand? Like Shana, what Shayna gone with that? Shayna go bye bye. All that went right. With so, so you're saying reset button? Is that what you're reset saying? button? Yeah. Ah. So I, I actually like the fact that Shotzi's over AF well, uh, yeah. at full sale, especially with the little tank. Who doesn't love that? Jesus Christ. Uh, come on. Come on. Um, Chelsea Green with the Robert Stone brand. I actually, I'm starting to come around on it a little bit. I I, I have potential sure. for it. There's hope for it, potential for it. I'm trying to be skeptically optimistic about it. But Time these out. two. Uh, I have, I, I also, I agree. Uh, jumping in here, I, I also agree. Tons of 
good, like love the idea of her and the, and the Robert Stone brand. But again, why have them lose first the first time and then now they have to rebuild it? That's okay. Sorry, go ahead. I did no, jump in with that. I agree with you there. Uh, they didn't invest in it by having that kind of stuff. But the yeah. two, these two having a match and and now they're going to have a ladder match in Tampa. Okay, yeah. feed, me, feed me my popcorn and let me watch these two go at each other. Yeah, I just I don't I don't. I don't have a reason to like really care at this point. I just want to see, much like the previous match, I just want to see really good wrestlers wrestle. You're right. And maybe I just need to turn my brain off about it and be yeah. like, okay, the history is history. Let's just enjoy what we have right now. And as you said, ladder match in Tampa, you have my attention. One last little thing here. There is enough. Like, Who have we not seen on NXT in weeks at this point? There is so much female superstar talent in NXT right now. It is absolutely absurd. Like they could take and start their own women's own women's show. They could a modern version of Glow if they wanted to, with all of the talent that they've got down there. And then to juxtapose that, we look at AEW and it looks like they're kind of running around like headless chickens and not really sure what they're doing over there. <laughs> and I and I'm going, well, where's all? Right. Well, it's cause, are we, is it because the NXT's it's, hoarding all the talent? Is it because I, you know? They they snatched up a lot of the good indie talent before AEW could start. They really did. They went around and grabbed a whole bunch of really talented women and put them under some sort of contract. And that is definitely, I think, one of the reasons why AEW is hurting right now. Because How many of them are sitting there at the PC getting paid 45000 a year to do nothing when they look over at AEW going, wow, I could probably be something over there? The, I, right. Uh, I don't know if they'd be getting paid much more, but there's tons of opportunity in AEW. Yeah. So one wonders, this is why, like, you know, Tenara Conti was almost out the door, and then she wasn't. And one wonders what they did to make her stick around because, you know, I don't think that she would have gone and been a superstar in AEW, no. but, you know, she definitely could have. She could, probably looking over there being like, I wonder what I could do over there. I'm definitely so. not doing anything over here, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So... Well, there we go, guys. NXT is uh, done. Uh, we, let's head out. We've got to get ready to go home to Elimination Chamber. But before we can yes. make our picks, we've got to go over what went down last night on Friday Night SmackDown. Are you ready? No. Stop are it. you ready for a good time? I just got it out of my head. What are you doing? Stop that. Stop that. Please change uh, the song, WWE. Please geez. change the song, Fox. I, it's it's I, so bad. They're making me mad at ACDC, and that's just... <laughs> it's, that's, that's hard to do. <laughs> Jesus. Even watching Iron Man 20 times can't make me that sick of ACDC. All right, yeah. so let's talk about this show. Uh, kind of the exact opposite of the Jake the Snake promo on AEW. We had the NWO coming out on a moment of bliss. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash... X-Pac, one, two, three kids, six-pack, whatever you want to call him. Uh, they all came out to be interviewed on a moment of bliss. Alexa and Nikki were fangirling over them. Nikki even went to get a selfie. And uh, they basically ran down all the things that were happening. They were asked about what they thought about getting in the Hall of Fame, what they thought about uh, Goldberg versus Roman Reigns, which led to one of my favorite lines of the night is, what does Roman Reigns need to do to beat Bill Goldberg? And Scott Hall says, oh, I was talking to him on the phone. What you need is to have Scott Hall and a taser. Cattle prod. That's cattle prod. What is that? Man? that <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That's good stuff. And there was a lot of things to chuckle at in this. They're, they're very entertaining guys, and that was on full display. Scott Hall is still like he can say just almost nothing and have me in stitches. And he did a few times here. 
Uh, just just off the cuff stuff. That was, that was a shocking finish. <laughs> like, okay, that was great. Yeah. But then, but then out came Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Cesaro, and got face to face with the NWO in the ring, and uh, things broke down to say the least. Nick, um, basically, how do I put this? Sami Zayn talks smack to the NWO. Uh, at one point, he said that, uh, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, Scott Hall, one of the greatest Intercontinental Champions of all time. Kevin Nash, you were an Intercontinental Champion when you were Big Daddy Diesel. Uh, X-Pac, you know, you know how heavy the Intercontinental title is because you've carried their bags your whole career. X-Pac gets up. He's like, okay, dude, you want to go? Fine. All right. And then we had one of the weirdest moments I can remember in recent memory is the NWO standing up on their creaky ass old legs and their busted ass hips and trying to stare down three young hosses. Now the thing here, Nick is the NWO towers towers over Sammy Cesaro and Nakamura who are not little guys, but as a reminder of how big wrestlers used to be, right? Like remember how we used to think that X-Pac was tiny. He's not. And he's almost bigger than, than, than Sammy Zayn. It puts in perspective how big triple H and, and Shawn Michaels were next to him. Uh, it puts, it puts in perspective how big everyone was back in the day. Yeah. But at the same time here, the NWO is staring down these guys out comes Braun Strowman takes out Cesaro and Nakamura, and then has trapped Sami Zayn in the ring. Sami uses Alexa as a shield to escape. But at the end of this, I was left thinking, in comparison to having Jake the Snake come out and you know, never physically threaten Cody, but he threatened it with his mind. He made us interested for things that were going to happen. He insulted Cody, but never made Cody seem weak, if you know what I mean. Yeah, He dissed him, and he walked away from him. But it wasn't like he buried Cody. Here, it made it seem like these guys would be, like these hosses, these you know guys who are, are strong, like Cesaro, who's got more wrestling talent in his pinky than these three guys. Um, that's I know it's a bold statement. Scott Hall's really good. X-Pac is pretty good, too. Nash is Nash. Um, but it seemed like these three guys couldn't beat these three old dudes I, I know that X-Pac can still go, but Hall and Nash look like they were about to burst into dust like a Thanos snap at any second. I, I just said it in chat. I was waiting for DDP to pop up out of the ring uh, from, from the, through the mat and go, DDP yoga, it can do the I, same for you. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Nash is able to walk yeah. is a miracle. The fact that, that Scott Hall is alive is a miracle. Yeah. But... Was this another instance of the old guys getting over at the expense of the young guys? It was nostalgia. Who doesn't love seeing the NWO? Who doesn't love hearing that? But that's my point. That's exactly my point, Nick. It was nostalgia yeah. and nothing more. We had nostalgia for Jake the Snake, and then they built something. Yep. This did, did this make you more excited to see Braun Strowman versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn and Cesaro at at, at uh, elimination Chamber? No, he Did just told me more... that he's going to beat the absolute shit out of him. Right. Was just this was just filleting the NWO, and then making these young know, young heels look like goobers. Yeah. Frankly, and that that bothered me, and especially in, like if it had just been if it had been on a week where I hadn't seen Jake the Snake, I probably would have been like, eh, all right. It was cute. It was nostalgic, but it kind of sucked. And then it I got, be, really it got better or worse depending on your perspective because Braun out comes Braun Strowman. That's what I'm saying. Braun Strowman came out and made made them, you know, chase them all Whooped off. Whooped their asses and just said, their asses chase them off. 
Get these hands because it's too sweet. You know, just... Killing me. Killing me. What are you guys Killing doing? Me. I don't know. I, I didn't. I No, sir. I didn't like it. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the, probably the best thing on the show. One of the best things on the show. Otis and Tucker were in a gauntlet match, a tag team gauntlet match. The winner of the tag team gauntlet match would come out last at Elimination Chamber. So basically we had a gauntlet match to prepare us for a gauntlet match. Okay. <laughs> this is how WWE promotes its shows. Hey, see this match you're seeing right now? You're going to see the same thing on Sunday, only yeah. with the chamber. Uh, this was right, a fine. test to see if Heavy Machinery had the stamina to go the distance in the chamber tomorrow. That's, that was my and, take. And by God, guess what? They did. It was by the story- God. The story of this match was Heavy Machinery overcomes all the odds. First, they beat New Day, which I, you know, at least they pinned Big E. They, they pinned Big E. But by the way, Nick, can we have a moment for, for big, meaty men slapping meat? Can we have a moment for that? We finally Otis got that like, legit Biggie. face off and rope run into running into each other and like, dear God, please make that happen. Let's I have feel a like full it was, match. It was a tease. That was a tease. I'm like, yeah. give me more of that on Sunday, please. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so they, they ended up surprisingly beating New Day. And we're like, oh, all right, cool. Um, and then uh, uh, afterwards it came out, they, they had a whole match with, with uh, Lucha House Party. A whole match with them. Um, like, they got, they got some work in on that match. Lucha House Party actually was out there for a while. Yeah. Like, well, wow. when it started, and I said, oh, I, we got excited because they had a backstage segment with Heavy Machinery. They had a backstage thing with Fire and Desire and all that stuff, and then we, we, Dolph was with them, and we saw who's we have the gauntlet match, and oh, starting out New Day. Oh, okay, so New Day is gonna run Go the through. table here. So we end up back with Miz, Heavy Machinery out next. I'm like, oh yeah, was, god damn it, just <laughs> they're not gonna beat the New Day. They did, and well, then they the beat Lucha House Party, and then they a quick uh, sudden roll up on the Usos. Now they're in three deep, and I, that's when I kind of saw which way this was all gonna go. Because as you said, Nick, the story was Otis had tried to talk to Mandy earlier in the night. And she said, you know, you don't leave a girl high and dry. You were late. Dolph Ziggler was there. So that's just the way it is. Now Dolph is coming out with my matches, which he was. He came out for one of Mandy's matches this, this evening. And so Otis already now pissed off at Dolph. Now he's got even more reason to be pissed off at Dolph. So you kind of see where this is going. Uh, they're this in is all 3D. okay. They, right. <laughs> they this beat the all- Usos. Uh, and then out come Miz and Morrison. And... The one thing that I was kind of griping about this tag match, this this gauntlet match, was they beat the Usos with a surprise roll-up, and then they beat Miz and Morrison with a surprise roll-up. And I was like, you could have done something a little creative there, but all right, fine. The whole point was to get them all the way through, so they had to face, at the end, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Coming out, by the way, to Ziggler's music, not some sort of combination. Straight up Ziggler. Hey, everybody, pay attention. That bastard, Dolph Ziggler is going to be in the ring with Otis. Otis finally going to get his hands on Ziggler. Only he couldn't because after the Miz and Morrison match, they put they put Otis through the barricade in the timekeeper's area. So it was just Tucker alone against Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler for most of this match. Yeah. And then we had that great moment where Otis rose from the dead nick and he stumbled over to his corner and uh, got a hot tag in and oh uh, it's time. I think I was so, even saying in the chat in Discord last night watching it. I'm like when Otis finally gets up, it's going to be the ultimate hot tag. Let's go. Well, yeah. And even and it the, the, they drew it out so long, I was going, they did. he's not even going to get up. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> this, this is, is this to showcase Tucker? Look at how uh, Tucker was a made man last night. Whether you believe that or not, the, 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 he ran that, that whole thing. He put in that all the work. work. 
if you didn't know that Tucker was a collegiate wrestler and a damn you know amateur wrestling superstar, you do now. He's massive and he's got moves. Maybe not the best charisma, maybe not the best mic skills, but he's got he's got a lot of potential. Guys, talented AF, and that's that's what Otis is there for. Otis is there to be the uh, the the character, and yeah. he he was man that his fire up. He gets in the ring with Robert Roode and starts basically just hulking up on Robert Roode, Otising up, shot, Otising up. Yeah, yeah, steak steaks and weights, baby. Uh, every time he gets chopped, he's trying to like jiggles his tummy and he comes back into it. The audience was loving it. Uh, but ultimately, as he's going for a caterpillar on Robert Roode, son of a bitch, Dolph Ziggler sneaks in. Sneaks in with the super kick, takes him out, and uh, Rude and Ziggler win the match overall, as it should be. Yeah. As it should be. This is fine. And now, even more heat. Is there anybody on SmackDown more over than Otis right now? No. I've been saying that Nobody. for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of, like, immediate crowd excitement about him. No, when we got, I, to, the, I, I when we got to the second match in this gauntlet with uh, Lucha House Party... I, I it clicked with me, and I'm like, mm-hmm. my my kind of fantasy booking of this was have Ziggler and Rude come out last, but have Mandy come out with Ziggler, and somehow Mandy distracts Otis, and that's how they end up getting the win. I still think that would have worked better than just the the super kick, and and we're done. I like it, it, this because it it made Dolph Ziggler seem like an opportunist, and it's just more insulting. Yeah, this, good point. Do you know what I mean? This yeah. just hurts. This stings. You're like, God damn it. Uh, it's gonna make for a better Mandy match was, tomorrow night. And they showed that Mandy was backstage with Dolph before the match, kind of sort of encouraging him and him saying, oh, I got this, don't worry. While that little glitch was on the monitor behind them for whoever that's for, whether it's Ali or Killer Cross, we don't know. But, but we uh, also saw her backstage watching Otis laying after being thrown into the barricade, laying out, laid out, and looking, looking as concerned. if looking like she felt guilty or you know feeling sorry for him or something like that. They're, so look, this is all fine. They're laying this the is, seeds. This is all gonna it's it's gonna come together. And my I still have hopes that Otis is gonna get the girl, and it's gonna be because he puts down the evil Dolph Ziggler and proves that he's a dastardly evil son of a bitch. And this is all gonna be fine. There, I feel like they are timing this perfectly for WrestleMania. Yep. Like they've been slow. This is one of the few things they've been slow playing. They've been doing it right the entire time. Uh, we've got four weeks to WrestleMania. You've got plenty of time to set up a Dolph Ziggler versus Otis match after Elimination Chamber with Mandy's special guest referee. Would, and then Otis gets the girl at WrestleMania to an enormous pop, and he's got his WrestleMania moment. That's yep. that is what I'm seeing. If they don't do that, they are leaving money on the table. Yep. Period. Uh, Firefly Funhouse. Let's talk about it. We had a Firefly Funhouse on the show where Bray Wyatt explained why he came out on John Cena last week. Nick, I know you loved this, so why don't you give me your opinion on it? Uh, I, first of all, I loved that uh, all the pictures were down and it was all John Cena pictures. And I, we didn't really How get a lot. How could you tell? I, you saw a bunch of pictures, I saw a bunch of pictures of like empty rooms. Huh? I couldn't see anything in the pictures. Oh, okay. What? So there were a bunch of pictures of John what? Cena on the wall. I I get it. It's fine. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> uh, there were a bunch of pictures of John Cena on the wall. All had the markings. Some of them even had like a little tail drawn on, like mustaches and all that fun stuff. Uh, and last week, when we first got that match, when John Cena was giving his pseudo-retirement speech from wrestling, only to be confronted by The Fiend at the top of the ramp and agreeing, effectively agreeing to a WrestleMania match with The Fiend, uh... I said, I hope that this has something to do with the fact that Cena beat him at Mania 30, and, yeah. and that was the beginning of the end for the Bray Wyatt character. And 
it just it didn't feel like it went anywhere nothing like that so i was over the moon surprised and happy that that is they they turned the ship right into that and they showed it being covered they showed all that stuff the best line of that was the loss of wrestlemania that caused the uh the the beginning of the downward spiral of your personal private and and public uh life and career i don't have it right in front of me what he exactly said but something to that effect and he just kind of like "Ah, yeah it's not like that was what it was uh, or I guess Ramblin Rabbit was the one who said that. It was basically like, yeah, John Cena's the reason for everything falling apart for you, isn't he? Yeah, right. Uh, Hashtag okay, sarcasm. That, <laughs> right. So that here's the thing, though. It seemed a little, it was so on the nose. And the Firefly Funhouse segments, the best ones, have been the ones that are a little mysterious or strange or obtuse. And this one was just so on the nose from, from beginning to end that I, I, it, it took me out of it a little bit, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I love that they're building it on that. That was, for me, like, if you go back and listen to the first few episodes of the show, you're, you, you find me 200 episodes ago at the, the beginning of, like, a massive downhill slide of depression for Bray Wyatt. Loved Bray Wyatt. Was furious with how they were booking him. And that depressive slide started with him losing to John Cena at WrestleMania 30 because he should have won that match. And he should have watched this lost he should have won his subsequent matches against, you know, his big opponents. But he didn't. They never let him win the big matches and that was what killed his character. So, I love that they're doing this angle. But what do you of, see what I mean about being too on the nose with this? I do. I do, and here's what I'll contribute to it. Uh, yesterday, we did a bonus episode for you $10 patrons out there, and one of the things that we talked about was Undertaker and how yes. they strapped him right pretty rapidly, and he lost it within six days, and he didn't get it again until for six years. Yes. And immediately, my head went straight to The Fiend. And like we were last summer, we were like, keep it in your pants. He doesn't need a belt. He's a mystery, mister, mystical character from another world, another dimension, whatever. He doesn't give a shit about a title. Give it, keep it in your pants. Just let it, let it run all the, run its course. Yeah. And they did it anyway. But I feel like, it, looking back on it, hindsight twenty twenty, if I, if I knew that Goldberg taking it off of him would lead to Cena at Mania, and there would be no title involved, and it would just be him continuing to kill legends and all of this stuff, and just things would continue, and we'd be back to Firefly Funhouse last summer as it was. Is it a big reset button? That's, that's, I'm skeptically optimistic that we might be taking things back to where they should have been in the first place. We've got a little bit too heavy, too fast, with all the titles and a $6,000 belt. <laughs> but, Tom but, 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 I, but I'm belt, sitting yeah. here going skeptically optimistic. Let's, let's see where this goes because yeah. I feel like this is where it should have been going the whole time sure. anyway. They never should have strapped him in the first place. It, ruined, his, every, it yep. ruined everything with Seth. It ruined everything with him. Like... It was a dumb idea to put the title on him in the first place. They would ne- like the whole reason they did this thing with Goldberg was just to get the title off him. They're they're intentionally not. If you watch any of the video packages, they don't show you Goldberg beating him. They just say Goldberg won the title in Saudi Arabia. They don't say who he beat. Yeah. When uh, and when he came out to Goldberg last week, he said it doesn't matter who's last. It matters who's next. Don't think about the fact that it's beat the fiend. That's the messaging here. The messaging is ignore the fact that we just had the fiend beat by Goldberg. Yep. Ignore it. Because what matters more is Goldberg's the champ now. He's going to face Roman Reigns. But that's just, that's admitting tacitly to me, yep. you should have never put the damn title on him in the first place. They know. It, they that know. was a mistake. And that, they, know. And they know now. Lesson learned. Do, course we correction. We knew then, Nick. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, we, we think they listen sometimes, and sometimes they don't pay attention to us, but that's, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, fine with, I'm fine with failures. I'm fine with course corrections. Let's, let's, let's set the ship right. This is what the Fiends should be doing. Bray Wyatt should be on at least every other week doing a Funhouse episode, targeting somebody, telling a story. Let's get back to the Muscle Man dance vignettes. Let's get back to the sure. the, the Ramblin' well, Rablet jelly stuff. And, and like we're back that. to... Right, but we're back to what he was initially doing, which was avenging all the grievances from yes. Bray Wyatt's past. Yes. Right? So now we're doing this. This is a built-in story. Is it an old one? Yeah, it's it's a few years old, but... That's. I think they can build something out of this. Something interesting. Something better, by the way, than Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns for the title. Yes. So I agree. Am I mad about the Goldberg loss? Yes, but at least WWE's trying to sweep it under the rug and move us on to a much better program. Yep. So I'm going to look at this glass half full. boy. There is no glass half full, however, in the women's division of SmackDown. We had Bailey and Sasha Banks versus Lacey and Naomi. Ugh. Naomi eats the pin here. So, sorry, lady. You're not getting your title shot anymore. You were just a time fill. We're back to Lacey, I guess, going for Bailey at Mania. That seems to be the way they're headed with this. Didn't we just have Lacey versus Bailey at Royal Rumble? Mm-mm-mm. Go back and watch. You were not paying attention. It's so dangerous. Oh, what happened? You did not see Sasha Banks cutting eyes at the SmackDown Women's Championship in their backstage segment after Oh, you think match. it's going to be Bailey versus Sasha at WrestleMania? <sighs> yep. I is do. that more exciting? What is what's the most exciting? Is that more exciting than ba- Bailey and Lacey Evans again? Yes, of course it is. But we we yeah. never really got the true. We we all want the rebirth of Bailey versus Sasha from NXT. I don't know if we're ever going to be able to like reinvent that all over again. But damn it, we can try. And there's been like half-hearted attempts at it in the past, and it just never delivered. Maybe that maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. I, I don't know. We've got a, it's literally a month from tomorrow, WrestleMania. Yeah. Four, you think four that's weeks enough time from to turn, tomorrow. Is that enough time to turn Sasha face and get everyone behind her after everything that's happened? Because it looks again, let's t- let's let's put a little a little marker on this moment here, Nick. Nick is seeing Sasha eyeing the title and thinking it's gonna be Sasha and Bailey at WrestleMania. I'm saying it's Vince. He's gonna have Lacey avenge her loss at R- Royal Rumble. At Mania, and we're going to have a big, strong, beautiful blonde holding a title aloft at WrestleMania. We're going to have two of them, as a matter of fact. It's either going to be Charlotte or Rhea, and then it's going to be Lacey beating Bailey. So, meanwhile, Bianca Belair and Naomi are sitting at home. I'm not going to you know, make it any more explicit than that, but you get what I'm saying. Yep. I, I so. just don't think we're going to get a rematch of Lacey-Bailey again at WrestleMania. That's really where it... Because that sounds... Kind of boring. Ter- kind of boring, right? So we'll, we'll see what well happens. It the first I'm, time. It won't deliver the second time. And if they're scrambling right now because that leak of whatever the WrestleMania card was going to be and then the scuttlebutt that Vince – I think it came out of Wrestling Observer News uh, and Dave that Vince was not – he was worried about the card. Scrambled everything. He scrambled everything. He yeah. scrambled everything up. So I'm sitting here going, can he do that in four weeks? Can he flip Sasha on Bailey and pull it off to the point where they're having a, a blood oh. match at WrestleMania? Absolutely he can. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. He, I, he can do it, and it can just be arbitrary. Sure. Like it won't. Will Will it be entertaining? Is the question. <laughs> you better start <laughs> will, next will Friday. Be good? You better. Yeah, right. You better start like at Elimination Chamber tomorrow. Sasha yeah. better turn on her. You know, Bingo. it better happen now. But do they? Neither of them have it. Have it. It's have what a they should have done at SummerSlam last year. Like well, I told you, you should have done. Yeah, but they, they, Nick, they don't do what you tell them. 
I know. Okay. We had this amazing long-term story of Sasha coming and going and sneaking up on Bay. Oh my God! Please listen. Uh, no, it's gonna be. I'm telling you right now, dude. Lacey Bailey at WrestleMania. Sorry, sorry. Nope. Sorry. I'm on. I'm on. I saw the hints of what I wanted to see, or didn't. I didn't want to see this, but I, I I noticed it, and I was just like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. You know what I noticed? I noticed Lacey not getting pinned. Is what I noticed. Yeah, uh, and them talking crap about her backstage. Uh, speaking of the women's division, Carmella and Dana Brooke got taken out by Fire and Desire fairly easily. So that happened. Wait, wait uh, hang, Dana, Dana hang and Carmella on. back to being hang, losers. Hang, hang on. Fire and Desire won a match? Yeah. Mandy got the pin? Yeah. What? Because, because she had Dolph in her corner, Nick. That was the point of this whole thing, was just to show that Mandy's a winner when Dolph's there. Make us all mad. Uh, you know who else is a winner? Seamus. He beat Apollo Crews. Nobody cares. Like squash, squashed him. Um, Not one fuck the, was in, given. <laughs> since since, since Seamus has come back, he has only had matches with Chad Gable and Apollo Crews. The only interesting thing here is that we had a, a repeat to remind us that Apollo Crews is being a dick to Chad Gable backstage. Uh, Chad says, I can help you with Seamus. And Apollo Crews just walked away from him. Okay. Uh, I... Nick, I do not care where this is going. Uh, there's no forward progression with this. Sheamus, at the end of this match, got on the turnbuckle and posed and said, are you not entertained? And I thought that was probably the most ironic thing that was said on this entire show. No, we're not. Because No, we're not. Uh, also, Daniel Bryan caught Drew Gulak uh, talking backstage about how he knew all of his moves. And Daniel Bryan said, cool, if you know all my moves, let's have a match this Sunday and you can prove it. All right. So we're getting Drew Gulak versus, Drew Gulak versus Daniel Bryan this Sunday. Which is fine. It should be entertaining. It'll probably be on the pre-show or like the pee-break match. I don't know what they're going to do with this. And I have no idea what they're going to do with Daniel Bryan for WrestleMania now. What are, where, what is happening here? Um, honestly, most of this, we, we started off really hot on SmackDown. We dissed the NWO segment. We said that the enormous nearly 40-minute gauntlet match was, was good overall. But dude, most of the SmackDown sucked. It was terrible. It sucked and it was, it would seem like it was, made up that night and they just didn't care. Like there's like, ah, go out and have a match. It's the same thing as last week, but it doesn't matter. Like it didn't seem like they were trying at all. We even had a segment where uh Baron Corbin was backstage saying, Yeah, I'm done with Roman Reigns, but uh, you know, now I've got other things on my plate and I'm gonna do some stuff. And then it gets a lot it gets interrupted by Elias and Baron Corbin says, I don't like you, I don't like your stupid guitar, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna fight. So we may be getting Baron Corbin versus Elias at WrestleMania, or if we're really lucky and have been good boys and girls, we'll get it this Sunday Elimination Chamber. Yay! Yeah. Yay! Uh, one last thing about SmackDown, Nick, before we, we get out of here on SmackDown I, and start talking about Elimination Chamber because I just want to be done with this show. This was not good this week. No. Uh, it was hard to watch, except for the gauntlet match, Was thank God, was entertaining. I felt bad for that crowd in Buffalo for most of this. For most of this, I was like, this. I mean, at least they got to see the NWO and have the good gauntlet match. But a lot of that was just, oof. Yeah. You guys had to pay money for this. They had a segment, and it was this week in WWE history, right? Showing us things that have happened on the road to WrestleMania in the past. And it was showing the Occupy Raw segment, where Daniel Bryan got all his people in, in the Yes shirts to, uh, to jump in the ring and held it hostage until he got his match with Triple H at WrestleMania. I love and how you went like I, full 
Family Guy vaudeville uh, radio guy there. That's what it felt like. Look at how great the feuds were in the past on the road to WrestleMania. (laughs) Don't you remember how great it was back in the day when we actually had feuds that were building to WrestleMania and we didn't have a feud where someone just came to the ring and said, I'm facing you at WrestleMania, which we did to two different major feuds last week. Remember when we had a build? That's what I'm thinking when I saw this. I'm like, why are you reminding us of how it should be to build a feud to WrestleMania that we give a crap about when this year what you gave us was two people essentially going, uh, let's have a match at WrestleMania. Okay. And those are your two biggest matches. I'm next. Oh, what a feud. What a build. Boy. Soiled my pants. Yep. Thanks, Phil, anyway. the casuals. So, well, oh, come on. Keep buying it's tickets. It's nothing to do with them. Well, it's not even that. I mean, it's, you know, they they bought this, a lot of those tickets. Now, granted, WrestleMania isn't sold out, but most people bought it months and months ago because it's just because it's WrestleMania. Nick, next year, I'm going to buy my ticket before I know what the card is for WrestleMania when it's here in LA. Like, it's not, it's, this is everybody. Like, like you're going to have, WrestleMania is going to be. A, if we're all a, still a here and the session. damn Motaba coronavirus doesn't take us all out. <laughs> well, well, but that's what I'm saying is that, like, it's, you know, you throw around the filthy casuals thing. It's not, dude. We're all fans of, of WWE. No, I, I know. I know. And, and I know. Would, would be there at WrestleMania buying those tickets. And it's just, it's disappointing to see that this year, it's not, it's not being done as well as it has in the past, or we would have hoped it would be. And it's just because you know they didn't plan well enough for it, and they had to throw things together at the last second. Yeah. So, anyway, it was just, it was, it was a sad reminder of that. Uh, I, I, they they might have wanted to pick another thing to remind us of. It, it's one the of the show. best builds to WrestleMania in, in WWE history, right? And it's and it went on for six months at least. It's unique. It, it started off the before Royal Rumble. It ran all the way up for four to six months. It, it, I don't know that that's lightning in a bottle that I don't know that it'll ever capture again. You're definitely not going to do it with having Roman Reigns going. I'm next. That's that's yeah. not a WrestleMania yeah, six build. Years, six years from now, are we going to have? Remember, back in the day, right. in 2020, when Roman Reigns said, "I'm next." Ah, that's a WrestleMania moment to remember. I don't think so. Whatever that music is, they do for the Hall of Fame when they, <laughs> when they do these throwbacks back to remember back in 2014 yeah. when Daniel Bryan and his back to WrestleMania. Bruno San Martino in the Garden. Uh, actually, I want to throw out a quick thank you, man. This actually got this got sent to me. Yes, uh, Bruno San Martino's final wrestling match uh, in the Brendan Byrne Meadowlands Arena, October fourth, nineteen eighty one. The actual program from that. Uh, oh. Arthur Capone. Arthur Capone sent this to me. That was very cool. It's going to go up on my wall, but I've just got it sitting here for right That's now. That's fantastic. Because I'm, I'm lazy. Arthur. Thank you, Arthur. Thank you very much, yeah, Arthur. Yeah, you did show cool. Darth Suzuki back there as well. Yeah, I got, I got, I got a signed Darth Suzuki right next to it, but oh. I mean... That's a couple of cool things. So good, Ugh. cool stuff. Thank you very much, Arthur. Uh, that being said, Nick, we uh, we were talking about it before. Now it is time we to put our necks on the line and give our pickums for elimination chamber. Astounding things off likely on the press show. Daniel Bryan faces <laughs> off against Je- Drew Gulak. Got you. Got you going on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak. Uh, I've got. I mean, come on, Daniel Bryan, right? Listen. I didn't get to say this earlier. I want to say this now. Any given Sunday, these two guys having a technical wrestling match for 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah, that's exactly what's right? going to happen on Sunday. It's going to be on the pre-show. It's going to last about eight minutes, and we're all right. going to be really pissed off about if it. that, it's going to be a squash. Right. 
So it, I, this, the whole thing here is to prove that Drew Bri- or that Drew Gulak knows nothing about Daniel Bryan. And my hope, my skeptically optimistic hope, is that this leads into an actual long-term feud with these two guys, where we do get to see that masterpiece that we all want to see between these two absolute technicians in the ring. I just don't think we're going to see it on Sunday. Daniel Bryan's going to absolutely destroy him. Yeah, he's going to wipe the floor with him. I don't know what they're where they're going with this. They're, I'm hoping for some kind of surprise. Surprise me. Do something interesting with this. Have like the rest of the social outcasts run out and and help Gulak beat Daniel Bryan. Surprise me. But I come on. On paper, I can't not pick Daniel Bryan to win this. So, uh, Alistair Line Drive Black. in the chat did say really quickly that it is Drew Gulak's hometown, which guarantees he's not winning. Oh, he's, he's, well, maybe he's working heel in this. It's also Philly, too. They could be a very, very interesting crowd at times. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who they're going to go for. That yeah. is weird. That's, that's going to be a weird dynamic. Man, poor Philadelphia is getting, I mean, wow. They're not going to know what, what to think with this card. With this could be very interesting. This crowd could rebel. This could be a very I'm, now. I'm actually even more. I didn't realize it was in Philadelphia. This could be very interesting. Yep. At this show, Alistair Black versus AJ Styles. No DQ. Uh, who's picking up the victory here, sir? Oh man. I I want to know what kind of implications this is going to have on WrestleMania and with Taker and Styles teed up to be the match at WrestleMania. How does Black fit into that equation? I think a no DQ match favors AJ Styles, so I'm going to go AJ Styles. I'm going to lock you in on that before I explain what I what I think is going to happen. Oh yeah. See, I think I think that having Black lose last week on Monday, they had to they had to nearly kill him to beat him. Um, they're I don't feel like they're going to have him lose twice. They shouldn't have him lose twice, is what I'm saying. But because it's no DQ, I think that's get actually favors Alistair Black here. It's going to look like it favors AJ because you've got the Good Brothers running in. But, again, we're not trying to build towards Aleister Black and AJ at WrestleMania. We're trying to build towards Undertaker. So it would make a lot more sense for the dead man to show up. It's WrestleMania season. He tends to show up from time to time. Yep. Undertaker to show up, take AJ out again, and have Aleister pin him. That's, or that just makes even, more sense. Or if Undertaker's busy somewhere else, just hit the gong and have AJ get distracted and then pinned by Aleister or whatever. To, you know, they get, eat a black gets mass distract- and he's done. Right, gets distracted, eats the black mass, and that, that he's done. Um, that, I think, is more likely what's going to happen. I would feel bad for Philadelphia if they just give them the gong and no actual taker. But either way, I think Aleister Black is winning this match. Uh, Andrade Cien Almas versus Humberto Carrillo for the U.S. title. Mm. This is a rematch of the pre-show match at Royal Rumble. Will they actually give these guys some time this time, Nick? And if I, so, who's winning? Yes, and I think they might finally strap Carrillo. Really? Yep. So I'm going to go Carrillo. Mm. I really... Here's the, here's the problem. If they strap Carrillo here, what do you do at WrestleMania? It's a built-in Garza feud. But do you do Garza that quickly? Yep. I mean, now kids, that Andrade's kids got back... on his back. Does he, though? Because initially he was supposed to only come up to just cover for Andrade. Does he stick around now, now that Vince has seen that the guy is also a superstar and also seen what happens when he rips off his pants? Yeah. That's a hell of a dong you got there, kid. I, I, oh. I, I'm, a, I'm so 
I can't send you back down to NXT I with a package like that. I can't believe these words are in in my head and are going to come out of my mouth, but I have I, I'm kind of moved on past Andrade. I'm so amped oh, about get out of here. I'm so amped about Carrillo and Garza now that I I can't even see Andrade being in this picture fickle, right now. Fickle, yes, fickle. Admittedly, short term attention span. Admittedly. Oh my God! I, I just feel like he he did something. He's being punished. If he even has a match at WrestleMania, I will be pleasantly surprised. Andrade Garza Andy. Garza did it to you too, Nick. You were hypnotized. I am the Garza yeah, Dong has me on lock. Oh my God! I, I'm hypnotized by the Garza it Dong. It's like it's just it's just it's just swinging along there like a pendulum. And you, <laughs> it ain't you are swinging. getting very <laughs> sleepy. Very sleepy. You love Angel Garza more than you like Andrade. That's right, Nick. Look, look, look at all the backstage stuff they're doing with Garza. They had him with the cruiserweight. He nailed it, knocked it out of the park. The promos, everything. He's up flirting with Charlie. He's doing the whole package. Garza is a made man at this point as far as I'm concerned. And the quickest way to get him to the to strapped and to be a bigger thing than he already is is to get him in a feud for the U.S. title with Carrillo at WrestleMania. That's Let how I see clear. that playing out. Let me be clear. I love Angel Garza. I think he's absolutely a superstar. Um, the best argument I've heard for him actually getting the jump over Andrade just came from our chat. Line Drive said uh, Garza speaks English, and Vince has always struggled with the Andrade because of the lack of English. Bingo. Totally true. Gar- uh, uh, Andrade's getting better at English. Um, it helps to, you know, spending a lot of time with Ric Flair's daughter. But uh, but Garza's already there. And that, I'm sorry, but that smooth move on Charlie Caruso, uh, whatever it was, a week or two ago, yeah. was just, Mwah! that was so good. She had the Cheshire Cat grin on her ear, Oh, too. that was, yeah. <laughs> I don't think she had to work too hard to, to get that reaction. Uh, <laughs> All the percolatings were happening. What was that? <laughs> she, too, was hypnotized. Yes. Hypnotized by the swinging dong. Uh, no, so that's the thing is I could see Garza getting a big push because of everything he's done over the last month. The original plan was he was going to come up for a month, cover for Andrade, and go back down to NXT. I could see him sticking around, but again, do you do you wait to strap the face at WrestleMania, or do you are you putting over Garza at WrestleMania because Carrillo wins here? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like what I want to see is that you know that fatal four way ladder match. At WrestleMania, I think we've all been saying that. Obviously, we don't have we have no idea if that's actually in Vince's plans or not. But I would like to see that. And for that, I feel like the heel has to retain and go in with Andrade as the champ. I guess you don't have to, but I feel like Andrade should be the champ going into it, and then it could be Garza, Ray, or Carrillo to take it off of him at WrestleMania. If you know Andrade, what I mean? if Andrade carries the title all the way to Mania and has to defend it at Mania. I'm going to start getting a little conspiracy theory about the Charlotte Flair influence. I think a lot of people would. And also, I also don't like the idea of Carrillo dropping a match twice one-on-one to Andrade. Exactly. At pay-per-views. Like, I don't like that either. So, Especially, it was oh, on well, the pre-show, three times too, in a row. Three times in a row. Didn't we? Ha- yeah, we had Carrillo and Andrade in, in Saudi Arabia, too. Yeah. So, I, so Well, that was his when he was coming back off his, his, his naughty time, his suspension. So again, he don't forget mm. about his suspension as well. He's probably still being punished a little bit. Uh, I don't and, know. and I've I've kind of with the rise of Garza, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Uh, I've moved I've moved on. I'm ready to see Garza Carrillo have a legit match for a title that has some stakes around it. And I think that's going to go down at WrestleMania. And the only way we get there is having Carrillo win over Andrade here. Sorry, I, I just I think that's that's where right. my head's at. All right. 
I, I'm, I, I'm actually, I'm not going to lie. I was originally going to pick Andrade, and now you've actually planted the seed of doubt. So I'm going to go with Carrillo just to be safe. I don't want to drop this point after all the time we just spent on it. Uh, <laughs> Street Profits versus Rollins and Murphy for the Raw Tag Team titles. Another thing where, I, okay, I have no idea what WWE is doing right now. I want to throw this out here right now as we make our picks. There is some booking stuff they've done the last month where I am flabbergasted. We're in WrestleMania, Road to WrestleMania, and Vince is just shuffling the deck right and left. I have no idea why you strapped the Street Profits on Raw. We, had a, we actually had a report that Vince scrapped the Raw script right before the show, which would explain a lot. It would explain why Raw was confusing, weird, and kind of lame this week, uh, as opposed to how good it's been over the weeks before that, relatively speaking, um, and it, how inexplicable it was. It was inexplicable that the Street Profits would take those titles off of Rollins and Murphy at that time and then have a rematch for the titles with them at Elimination Chamber. That's where I can't get past. What are you... What? Like, okay, strap them on Raw. It went over gangbusters on TV to strap them on Raw. Fantastic. They need to carry them Why not do it at the... What was the logic? Because there's nobody else to face them at Elimination Chamber, ready and teed up. And I think we're going to spend the... I think they're going to retain. I'm calling Street Profits to retain in this match because I think we're going to then introduce AOP. Oh, yeah. I know you have your whole conspiracy theory about how this is going to go. So, Street Profits retain at Elimination Chamber. Okay. (sighs) I I, I don't know. I, I, I I am completely upside down on what they're doing here. Completely upside down. I have no idea why they wouldn't... You could have easily saved that match and the Street Profits win for Elimination Chamber. Agreed. Easily. Agreed. I just feel like there's other things in motion. I'm going to have to go with Street Profits as well because I I can't imagine a world. I think it would be so ridiculous to, to strap them on Raw and then flip it off of them at Elimination Chamber. Be it would just be stupid. I would be I would be flabbergasted. I absolutely just beside myself if they did that. Like what why? Why? So, uh, yeah, Street Profits retain. I, I have to be with you. Yeah. Um, probably the match I'm looking forward to the least. Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn, and Cesaro, three-on-one against Braun Strowman for the Intercontinental title, which, man, remember a couple of years ago when the IC title was actually something? We're, we're back to it being just, nah. All right, who do you have for this? I, I just want to get through this. I, I don't want to even talk about this match. Duh. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I should have, I should have figured. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna have to go with Braun as well. For, for those I, listening I, on the audio later, I'm pointing at my Braun Strowman figure that rides my microphone. So yeah, yeah, I, I have to go with Braun as well because if you have Shinsuke, Sammy, or Cesaro win, then who gets the belt? Whoever pins Braun, uh, it makes more sense to have Braun go into WrestleMania and have like a big cluster F match to try to get the title off of him. Yep. Uh, yeah, I just and now they, they've done such a good job of making three outstanding world-class wrestlers look like absolute geeks over the last few weeks. I can't imagine they're going to stop now. Nope. So, F this match. Yep. Uh, Tag team title elimination chamber. Heavy machinery, New Day, Lucha House Party, Usos, Rudin Ziggler, and Miz and Morrison all vying for Miz and Morrison's tag team titles. Who is picking up the win in this one? I'm so torn. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's, it's I know very, you are. <laughs> it's very obvious for me to want to pick heavy machinery, and everything in my gut is telling me that because they did they did the Kofi run, right, it, last night, but they didn't win. Rudin Ziggler won, which means those two are not going to win. 
So everything's so it's going to be heavy machinery or new day and heavy machinery. I, I, I'm going to pick them. I'm going to take a chance because I oh, feel man. like somebody might be might be really uh, happy about them backstage after their performance last night. I've got two reasons why I don't think heavy machinery is winning. Okay. Um, one is that they going into WrestleMania. If, if we're going to go towards Otis and Dolph Ziggler one-on-one with Mandy as a special guest referee, which is what I think they're doing, um, then you can't have the titles not be defended at WrestleMania. Unless, and I'm going to talk counter myself here, unless it is a tag team match and it's Otis and Tucker versus Rude and Ziggler at Mania. Um, and if, if Rude and Ziggler win this match, then it can be for the titles and Otis can beat Ziggler at Mania for the tag team titles. So it's more he gets the girl and the titles. I just so, got completely distracted. You may have to say that again. Kendall with 50 bucks in the tip jar. What the? Oh, my God. Thank you. Oh, my you. God. Kendall, thank, thank you, you very, so much. very much. Woo. Holy crap. Oh, wow. I, I didn't hear anything you just said in the last 10 seconds. I'm sorry. I just forgot what I was saying. Yeah, I. That's, yeah, well, heavy, heavy Machinery is going to win, much. and you were going to tell me why, <laughs> why they're not. Uh, Rude Ziggler's winning, I think. I don't know. Okay. I'm just gonna. Uh, now I don't. I, now I don't even. I'm. I'm flustered now. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! Thank you so much, um, Kendall. Uh, yeah. So I. Uh, I think we could conceivably have the Otis and Dolph Ziggler match, and that could be a big moment. But it doesn't need the titles. Whereas you could then have Miz and Morrison retain, and uh, and then face off against the Usos or New Day or whatever at WrestleMania. So. I'm tempted to say Rude and Ziggler because then you could have it be for the titles, but I think it should be Otis one-on-one, so I'm not going to pick Rude Ziggler because of that. Even though I'm, I'm tempted to, I'm going to say Miz and Morrison retain. I'm going to throw you a curveball. Oh, no. Uh, Otis versus Dolph Ziggler at WrestleMania, Mandy Rose special guest referee. That's literally what I've been saying all show. I haven't been paying attention because of... Uh, and just, since I, last week. I've literally said that since like a weeks ago. Like weeks I've been saying that now. Yeah, okay. I, I'm on board with that now. I just, I'm just i so flustered right now. Kendall Kendall has absolutely ruined the show at this point. Uh, yeah, I'm... I'm wow, dude. Mind, that's um, awesome. That's Thank you so much, so man. Very, uh, all right. We have a show to do, Nick. Uh, women's number one contender elimination chamber match. Asuka, Shayna Baszler, Sarah Logan... Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Natalia. Rumor has it that Vince has cooled on Shayna Baszler after last Monday against Kyrie Sane. Does he stick to his guns, or does Nia Jax burst in the Elimination Chamber win the whole thing? And uh, it's Nia Jax versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Why? Why do you, Kendall just put fifty dollars in the tip jar? Why? Why do you have to do that to me? Because. God, man, my, I went from job, so Nick. high to just I'm like I'm a, to do my job. I am a just a ball of mud on the floor right now after you just said that. Really? Oh, because because it could may possibly I, may happen. I make it worse for you. May I make no. it worse for you? Fine. Oscar has a bum wrist. She's still being she's still being advertised as being in the match, but it's going to be a uh, on the day of kind of thing. You know who's just sitting there on the sidelines waiting to hop into this match, showing off her booty on uh, on uh, on Twitter. Uh, ready to jump in this match and win the whole thing that no one sees coming. She's not like most girls, Nick. She only, she only, I don't even know how the song goes. <laughs> she doesn't take what she's given. I don't know. She's going to take this match. You Are you going to stick, stick with Shayna here? No, I was going to pick Asuka. You, 
they just finished with Asuka. I know, but I, I, I heard what? that she's still hot as fire, and I, I heard the cooling down on Shayna. Well, There's nobody else in this match. It's, it's going to be Oscar or Shayna well, or someone that's not already in the match. Right. I I can't believe. I mean, I'll I'm take gonna pick, the victory. I'm going to pick Shayna. I'm going to stay. I'm going to take the safe route. Know. You can stick with Oscar if you want. No, I'm going to pick Shayna. If something crazy happens, it happens. But I'm not going to bet on that right now. And right. and fuck Nia Jax. I'm, I'm not putting Nia Jax in there. <laughs> Nia I, Jax. Only because only because I'm gonna I, okay. I'm gonna put a little stipulation on here. If they announce Nia Jax as the replacement for Asuka, I'm picking Nia Jax. Fine. If they do not, as it stands right now, I'm picking Shayna. Fair. Okay. I'm not changing my pick if Nia Jax Good. shows up. I am absolutely changing my pick to Nia Jax. She if will. She gets put in the match. Will she make a difference in the match? Absolutely. Will she also get eliminated by someone? Absolutely. I think Shayna. No. I think Shayna's no. winning this. Mm. I hope Shayna wins. Let me throw that out there. I'm a little worried about the rumors that that Vince has cooled down on Shayna. I don't know how much credence I put into it. Yeah, I really hope that's just rumors and speculation. Because yeah. dear God, if he's a little quick to judge there. that quickly, yeah, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, old man, calm down. Right. All right, and that is Elimination Chamber. There'll probably be another match announced tonight or tomorrow, and we'll have to just pick it on the side. But that's what we have right now. That's the card as we know right now. Yes. Well, that is going to do it for Elimination Chamber, guys. But we are going to get head over and do our, what we like to refer to as the mop, our moment yeah. of positivity. So, Surya and Dangerous, what was your moment of positivity for this week of AEW, NXT, SmackDown, Elimination Chamber, whatever you want to refer to it? So easy. So easy. Jake the Snake Roberts coming out and burning Cody to the ground. Yep. Abs- come on. That the 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 walk away, the mic toss. I've heard of mic drops. I've never seen a mic toss so disrespectfully. Oh, I got the chilies. You can you and if you're in our busted wide open Facebook discussion group, which if you're not, if you're not, you should be. Uh, I posted. I just I had to go immediately post like a whole bunch of Jake the Snake Roberts stuff, like old promos that reminded this reminded me of. He has a great one. Uh, on Hulk Hogan, where he's talking about how if you if you if you plant rice, you sow rice. If you plant corn, you sow corn. I sow fear. And I just I, I, uh, ooh ah love it. Jake Snake Roberts, absolutely my moment of positivity this week. Uh, good to see him back in the ring. Good to see him in an angle. Good to see him looking good, talking good. Awesome. Uh, before I give mine. Not to be outdone, Mr. Abraham Castillo just dropped 30 bucks in the tip jar. You oh guys. My God, dude. Uh, you, you guys. Love you. Abraham. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much, brother. It means the world to oh. us that you guys do that, man. Uh, Jesus. Thank you so much. Uh, my moment of positivity is the potential scene in the Otis and Big E face-off. I'm eating at five guys tonight just for that. <laughs> I'm a splurge. We're doing it big, boys. <laughs> Five guys. I might actually do that myself. That oh sounds my. really good. <laughs> sounds really good, doesn't it? Thank you, Abraham. Thank Seriously, you, Abraham. Thank, thank you, Kendall. And Kendall. Everybody, thank you guys. just all your support. Uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely. I'm becoming a club. That's there's my moment of positivity right Talk there. What's your moment yourselves? of positivity right now? <laughs> uh, Biggie and Otis, the tease that we got of two big boys slapping me. <laughs> Line drive called it right now in the chat. Oh, he did it? You. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Jordan face back. Squish. 
Uh, no, oh. just that that little exhibition that we had with the two of them just having that slap off, that just where they would run the ropes, spring yeah. off, and just kind of charge at each other. And it it's was just like a little two tease, school buses in a head-on collision. <laughs> it was just a little tease of it, too. Oh, yeah. It's going to be so good when we let those two guys have a match. Uh, I, if we ever do, please, please, please. Do- they have, they've they've done it before. It's just I, the more they do it, the funnier, the more fun it is. I I wonder if they'll have a, a spot at Elimination Chamber where they let them go a little bit more. Sure, Otis is also finding and steering into his gimmick a little bit more, and he's trusting it now that the crowd is behind it. So the yeah. Otising up oh, that he does and, and all of that, it, he's had time now to sort of perfect the timing of it and everything. It's absolutely money, and it's yeah. it's going to carry him a long way. But yeah, Otis and Biggie slapping meat. That's, that's if my you, moment If you watch like, uh, behind the scenes over at NXT, you know that Otis has always been a ham. But as you say, he's just honing it to a fine point yes. as to when to ham it up. <laughs> you, do, you, know how, you know he loves that ham. He's now a honey-baked, honey spiral-cut honey ham. <laughs> <laughs> <There you go. laughs> On the same page. Yes, Perfect. all right. Well, guys, that was our show. Oh, no, wait, we're not done oh, just God. yet. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, yeah. Ratings time. AEW wins again. They crossed the 900,000 person mark this week. 906,000 for wow. NXT. Uh, fifth in the demo at a point three five. Uh, NXT, that was for AEW. A- NXT got a point three, a point two three in the demo. They came in 20th with 718,000. Mm. AEW wiped the floor with NXT this week. Um, given the quality of the two shows, I can't say as I yep. blame them. They're coming off of a pay-per-view um, interest is at a high, so that's not that's not too surprising. I feel like NXT could build back up. Well, still staying, still staying, staying competitive. Relatively NXT competitive. is trying to pull out all stops with a two cage matches this week. Turn in Wednesday at eight PM. Remember, trying to do that kind of stuff, and even that didn't help. And I'm going, oh no, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. We'll we'll see. Um, they got they got to do something over there. Yeah, as we said earlier, um. Or this, I don't even, I, I don't remember putting this in the news segment, but I'll just talk about it anyway. Uh, remember that that Bucks Omega Page match, the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and uh, Hangman Page. That was such a good tag match at Revolution. Yeah, he gave remember it six last, stars and all that. That's what I was gonna say. Is remember last week when I said people were calling that the greatest tag match of all time, and you were like, "What? Which people?" Well, Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer News, has said it's the greatest tag match of all time. He went back and watched a bunch of other tag matches, uh, the other ones he considered the greatest of all time, and he, after seeing them. He went back and watched this match again and said, yes, I believe it is the best match of all time. Wow. Um, Jim Cornette six, said that. Six stars. And well, no, that's Dave Meltzer. Oh, okay. But, it's, but I, that's actually the thing I was going to say here is even Jim Cornette on his show said if there was – he thinks it's the best match the Young Bucks have ever worked. And he can't stand the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega. He said if, if this is how they actually work normally, he might actually start to actually kind of like them. And he hated saying it. But – he actually thought it was a wow. pretty good match. And he, he loves him some Hangman Page, too. So even Cornette liked that match. I don't think it's the greatest match of all time. I think it was goddamn amazing, though. It so was. It's just to be clear. I've, I've watched it three times since last week. <laughs> it's, it's really good. Uh, Page is also in the hospital, not just Papa Pump, but Page is in there as well. She had emergency surgery. Not Hangman Page, but WWE Page. Page, yes, sorry. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Banshee Scream Page. Um, she had emergency surgery to remove an ovarian cyst. Oh no! Which I guess I guess uh, they didn't say, but I guess it ruptured. Or, or uh, typically, you can have them, um, and yeah. it's just painful and it sucks. But uh, it's when they rupture or when they they start to I don't know, metastasize or whatever the growth. 
uh, that it really can be a major problem. So she was probably going to be in the hospital for a little bit after that, uh, but she is okay now. Speaking of injuries, Kenny has a, Kenny Omega has a broken pinky after that tag match. Um, he's not going to miss any time, but he will be working in a cast for the next few weeks. Uh, I saw an interview with Connor, formerly of The Ascension, and he talked about why they were released, what happened. And it basically came down to they were just at some point sent home and just never called out. They weren't even on the road at the end. And uh, he, th- he kept saying, like, we were calling them, saying, you got anything for us? And they just they never had anything for them. Um, when asked specifically what his uh, relationship with Vince McMahon was, he said, I don't really have one. I never really had one. And uh, he thinks that might have been part of why it yeah. was. Is that he, just, he never really connected with the old man. And if you talk to anybody who's had any kind of career in WWE, they say you have to have a relationship with Vince or you're not going to get anywhere. Yep. And apparently um, some people are good at just busting into Vince's office whenever. Uh, Braun Strowman's even done that. And he says they busted in and Vince just stopped what he was doing and took time for me and then you know, went out about his business. Connor apparently never did. He always felt like Vince was too busy to go talk to him. So I thought that was an interesting reveal yeah. as to why the Ascension never really got anywhere. Uh, Bloodsport 3, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 3. It's coming up WrestleMania weekend. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> right, if they don't cancel. Uh, every trade to- show for every industry around the world is being canceled right now. TwitchCon in Amsterdam, KubeCon and. All of our events that we had in Europe uh, got canceled or postponed at least until June. Everything's getting canceled right now. I will be pleasantly surprised if all of these shows still go on and are populated WrestleMania weekend. So I, I'm a little scared. I'll be honest with you. I, you know, the thing that you just said right there, if it, if they're populated, yeah, and that's that's really the scariest thing. Um, he's added a tournament to the show theor- theoretically if the show is actually going to go on. Um, it's going to be, have the Gotch Robinson tournament. And, uh, what does that I mean? Don't, well, it's going to be a tournament. Oh, what's Gotch Robinson significance? We're going to do a whole, whole other show on that, Nick. Uh, that there are a couple of very famous catch wrestlers. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, you ever heard of the Gotch style pile driver? Yes. Okay. But I mean, what I know who they are. What's the, oh. tur- what's this? Is it some kind of stakes He's just referencing or stipulation? Or is it no, just, just a, a namesake? It's a catch wrestling tournament. Okay, that's all I was asking. I, was, oh, okay. I know who right. they are. I just, scared the crap out of me. Yeah, just no. Okay. I, I was like, what's the significance of naming the tournament? Is it just a tribute to, the, to yeah, them? Yeah, a tribute, okay. a tribute to right, them. And that's like, all the I was whole, asking. The whole thing is about like trying to make it as realistic as possible and like actual catch <laughs> wrestling. That's all. God. You freak out so easily. <laughs> you scared me. <laughs> all right, on to happier things. The happiest person ever. Kylie Ray. Just debuted an impact in some TV tapings. She uh, she was there really briefly back in October, but she showed up some TV tapings. So speculation is she is now signed with Impact Wrestling, which is very interesting because she obviously everything that went down famously with her with AEW last summer. So now Kylie Ray may be over on Impact, which will fill a hole because apparently Sue Young is now a free agent. She did not re-sign with Impact, so Sue Young now out on her own, which is very interesting considering what's out there right now, including a couple things in AEW where they could use someone with a kind of dark, weird, spooky gimmick like Sue Young. I wonder if they're going to go as crazy as Impact did with her if they do get her. But, Nick, I'm just going to throw this out there right now. Sue Young to AEW! You heard it here first! Maybe. Mm. Maybe. You have my attention. She's a a free agent. I'll leave it at that. Wow. Uh, Remember Hiroyo Matsumoto? Yes. From the last Mae Young Classic? Yes. The Lady Destroyer. 
Well, apparently in Japan, there is a rash of what they call bumpers. Men who walk around intentionally bumping into women, uh, either to knock them off their feet or get attention or whatever, you know, social awkwardness, whatever it is. Well, one of these bumpers tried to bump Hiroyu Matsumoto on the street. And as she said in a, in a tweet, uh, she is trained to knock back when that happens, right? Because of her training. And uh, she sent this guy flying. Apparently, she just he knocked this guy flying off his feet. She said, oh, I'm very sorry, but maybe you shouldn't run into people on the street. Right. Oh, I just love that story. Is it a Don't, groping thing? Is it a, is it a dastardly thing where they're trying to like grope them as they bump into them? Or It's not. No. It's I've never just, heard of that before. Yeah, it's not even they're not even groping. They're just they're trying to get attention or something and just don't know I don't have a healthier way of doing Jesus it. Jesus Christ. Get a hobby. Yeah. It's it, well. There you go. Uh this guy's going to get a hobby after bumping the wrong yeah, no woman. Shit. That's He's going to sure. be in the hospital. Uh well, he almost was. So, Sam Roberts, if you thought he was annoying, maybe you forgot about Peter Rosenberg. Well, if you forgot about him, you're going to be reminded cuz Peter Rosenberg is back. He's going to be on the pay-per-view tomorrow. He'll be an analyst on the pre-show. So, yes, welcome back, Peter Rosenberg. Analyst. The- <laughs> air quotes. Well, welcome back. Right, air quotes. Air quotes. As well. <laughs> uh, and fi- finally, uh, it was announced that uh, at the Supercard of Honor, Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor WrestleMania weekend, it's official, PCO, former Ring of Honor champion. He lost his title to Rush last weekend. Uh, he'll be facing, PCO will be facing Nick Aldis for the NWA championship at Supercard of Honor. There's a lot going on here right now. Uh, you've actually, you've got um, Marty Skrull, who's facing Aldis in a couple of weeks um, at, uh, at a, I forget the name of the show that he's facing him at, um, a Crockett Cup on April 19th. Gotcha. Um, and he's going to write Aldis a check for $500,000 if Aldis beats him. Uh, Aldis has to get through PCO at Supercard of Honor first. So that's Ooh. basically the way this is playing out. So Marty's sending his goons after Aldis first. So The crossover that Marty is building between NWA and Ring of Honor is fantastic, by the delicious, way. delicious, isn't it? Oh, love it. Love it, love it, love it. Pl- I mean, Marty Scroll versus Switchblade Jay White, guys. That week, it's just... Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be <laughs> delicious as well. Um, I love the fact that actually now Aldis is the reason why PCO lost the title. He actually hit him with the NWA title, the ten pounds of gold, which caused PCO to lose to Rush. Um, and I believe Rush is gonna have to face Flip Gordon at Supercar. Oh no, Flip he's uh, Flip Gordon's facing the winner of Rush versus Mark Haskins. That's what which it is, is happening yeah. at the eighteenth anniversary show on March thirteenth. Okay, it's convoluted, ladies and gentlemen. A lot happening over in Ring of Honor. And NWA, and we haven't really had time to cover it because we don't have a lot of time. Marty Scroll been busy is basically what's uh, what's up. They're busy, and there's lots of ex- exciting stuff. Let's hope this doesn't get canceled because this could be a lot of fantastic matches if it doesn't. Yeah. And that is the news, Nick. Well, thank you, Sir Ian Dangerous, and thank you to everybody for hanging out with us. But don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with a fresh new stream to do our patron mailbag episode right after this. That's just a quick changeover uh, to get that one set up, and we'll be right back here with you. So hang tight. Refresh the page. Once we shut this one down, we'll be back doing our patron mailbag, which is always a lot of fun. To get in on some of that, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. All you got to do is sign up for just that $5 tier a month. Uh, five bucks a month, you can get your questions in every single week throughout that month, 
and uh, access to the show notes for every single episode, plus the ability to participate in our forthcoming WrestleMania Patron Pick'ems Challenge. It's already March. You'll want to be in the patrons for that one. So go ahead and sign up if you've been holding out for whatever reason. Uh, enjoy getting your questions in for the patron mailbag. That's patreon.com slash BWO. You can also come over to Facebook. Join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Just search for Busted Wide Open there on Facebook and like our page. Send us a join request to get into the group and hang out with the rest of the phenomenal ones in the group posting fun memes, news stories, all kinds of good stuff over there. As well as you can find a link to our Discord server and community where we have live chats going on all throughout the week for all shows from Raw, AEW, NXT, SmackDown, Ring of Honor, Impact, everything, as well as dedicated chat channels for every pay-per-view that comes out, including Elimination Chamber tomorrow night. We will be doing watch parties on Facebook for the pre-show. Make sure you tune in for that so you can hang out with us and watch it together, and then we'll kick over to Discord after that. You can also find us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. We stream live right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash open. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. We're on that race to 1,000, and we're making progress, guys. We're getting there. Uh, but I think we're about 700 right now is where we're, we're hanging out at. So keep telling your friends, tell your family, introduce them to Busted Wide Open, and thank you for doing so. You can find links to everything I talked about if you're already watching on YouTube in the description below this video. So make sure you check all of those out as well. Uh, and last but certainly not least, be sure and come hang out with us tomorrow for Elimination Chamber. It's going to oh, be a good yeah. time. We're kicking things off around, I think it's 6 p.m. Eastern time is when the pre-show kicks off. Main show will start around 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if that changes for whatever reason, I will get the message out to you guys. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And shout out to Kendall and Abraham one more time. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.